do it. Hello. General Kenobi. Hello, Charles. It means no worries for the rest of your days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's our problem free philosophy. The mother freaking eats bugs. And worms. Yeah. Yeah. He goes full Hakuna Matata. I was wondering why you pulled a Hakuna Matata. Oh. Well, because they eat bugs yeah. and rubs and shit. Anakin comes back. He's all full on Hakuna Matata. Oh, it makes sense now. He's a very strange character. That <laughs> yes, he is. Oh. Did not see that one coming. No, me either. Yeah. I, I had blocked that out. It was actually kind of disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that part. <laughs> no. No. You know, Tartakovsky, he's a Russian. Yeah, he is. Oh, we don't like them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Don't tell CNN. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I've kind of tuned out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I should take your, I should oh, follow been, your example. You've been knee deep in it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not great. No, it's not good. Anyway, what's going on here? I don't know. World's going to hell in a handbasket. Planes are falling out of the sky. Planes are falling? Yeah, you haven't seen that story? What? Plane in China, like a 747, I think? Not a 737 Max, but a different kind, like just dropped out of the sky. Engines just cut? Nosedive right right down. Huh. Yeah. So passenger? They, it just happened. So a yeah. passenger jet? Yeah. So I think there were like two or three hundred people died. Oh man. But like they're still trying to figure out what went wrong. If it was like pilot error or mechanical. Did they ever find that plane that just like disappeared in Malaysia? <laughs> Remember that story? <laughs> yeah. Like uh. a Bermuda Triangle situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't find it. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't been paying attention to the news. Um. Much at all. I really honest. shouldn't be. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid it. I don't know. The the Russia-Ukraine stuff very much depresses me. It is a bummer. Yeah. There's really no good way to come down on it. No, no matter really how hard, hard our media wants you to come down on one side. It is insane how horny our media is for war. It's absolutely nuts. Is it still wall-to-wall? That's all they're talking about? Yeah. Isn't, and there a new, isn't there a new variant of the Omicron 2 coming up? I don't know. Probably. They won't even, you know, they don't even care about that anymore. No, though. not when there's war to talk nah, about. Not when there's, you know, that was two-year-old story. As yeah. soon as the war popped up, oh, God, now, oh, finally, something else to talk something about. Something to sink our teeth into. Yeah, they're the worst. <laughs> this is the fucking worst, man. You know what the thing is? Like, it's, you know, it's the cable news is diseased. And on top of that, when you look at, like, the actual ratings for it, it's like, two percent of the country actually watches this shit yeah oh it's the worst they are fighting for that two percent they really want that they really want those boomers yes but it is ears of the boomers it's fucking crazy how like just how quickly people go to their camps though oh yeah because like right away it was like oh no 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 you watch this news network uh, Ukraine can do no well, wrong in Russia's why, the bad I guys. I did see something about Madison Cawthorn is like being fucking played in Russia all state TV yeah. all the time because he called uh, Zelensky like a, a thug or something. Yeah, and, and Tucker Carlson is also being like touted as like a Russian asset because he defended Putin for like invading like, Ukraine. I don't know much about the political situation in the ukraine <laughs> russo ukrainian yeah i don't know a ton about their history or anything like that all i know is there is a 
uh, an autocratic regime, uh, a dictator that invaded a sovereign country. Yeah. Um, and when you boil it down in those simple terms, and there's innocent civilians in that sovereign country being killed every day, it's not too hard for me to take sides on that one. Right. But um, we're running into a situation now where anybody that speaks up and says, like, hey, maybe we shouldn't just give unlimited ammunition and weapons to Ukraine with no strings attached and no accountability. Yeah, because maybe they do have you did mention a few episodes ago that they have that really weird, like, police force in the southern yeah, area. Einsatzgruppen. What the or fuck is like that? that? It's a neo-Nazi, like, military police force. Are they getting their hands on the weapons we're oh, sending? absolutely. Why are they even in business? Why can't we just be like, no, you're not getting any weapons? Because we're at war and Ukraine's the good guys and Russia's the bad well, why guys. Why was Ukraine... I mean, I can under... Is this like a free speech thing over there where they're like, oh, yeah, we gotta let these neo-Nazis run no, around there because is, of... There is some... I forget what the situation was, but there was some kind of like power play where they got legitimacy somehow i don't know enough about it but they did so in like, like a that formalized area, group and and that's like the when when putin's like oh we're denazifying he's just referring to that one small group basically yeah, well yeah well that's, I mean, it's that's t- the only way you could actually apply that in any reasonable yeah. way yep but I mean, really, it's just him trying to yeah. increase his GDP. And just... But since then, like there have been American reporters like talking to members of the Einsatzgruppen that have like like Nazi symbolism on their like uniforms, just talking to them like they're any Why kind of they have military uniforms? force. Well, they're like a a branch of the not a branch of the military, but they're like they're like a national guard like so squad. So they actually receive money from the state. I believe so, yes. <sighs> Ugh. But I mean it's just the, it's the same thing as like our our uh oh god, what are they called? Our scout sniper unit in I don't know if it's a branch of the Navy SEALs or what, like their insignia is the like dual thunderbolts. No, oh, that's great. Or lightning bolts. Like and they say it's like it's for scout sniper. It's for scout sniper, but there's a ton of like Nazi symbolism all over it. I, I I don't understand how the state gives supplies to these groups uh, because the, the military industrial complex. I know. I'm just talking about from like Ukraine. I don't understand. I, I don't understand Ukrainian politics or the way their like parliament is set up or anything or how these this weird group has gotten any kind of official representation. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, any country you're going to have fucked up weird groups of people, but, like, I don't understand how they are, like, considered any kind of... Uh, I don't understand it. I, <laughs> I don't know anything about it. It's, that is very weird to me. It's a bummer. But at the end of the day, it's still a sovereign country being invaded, yes. and innocent civilians are dying by the thousands. Right. So it's pretty simple for me that that's not good. Yeah. And But uh, but in, it's just, like, especially, like, the media environment that we're in right now, there's no room for nuance. Everything needs to be black and white. And so anybody that's like, right, I completely agree. Like, Russia is the bad guys in this situation. However, just giving javelin missiles and stinger missiles and unlimited amounts of assault assault rifles to a unregulated populace like years down the road maybe not such a great idea well if russia even brought, if, i mean i'm assuming russia Sean by fucking hannity brought up the mujahideen and oh. how like 
Sean fucking Hannity was like, do you remember in the 80s? We gave weapons to the Mujahideen because the Russians invaded Afghanistan. Why can't we do that with Ukraine? And if you think for two fucking seconds, it's because because the Mujahideen, part of them turned into Al-Qaeda and they used those weapons to kill fucking Americans 20 years later. Yes. The thing is, I think Russia, I mean... I would. I don't know any how it's going, but also like, we should state neither of us know what the fuck we're talking. Exactly, about. but I would say like if you arm the citizens to the teeth, if Russia does indeed take power in Ukraine, <laughs> they are going to have like uprisings forever. Like that place is yeah. going to be embroiled in civil war. Well, Hillary Clinton was on the news, and she said that it would be great if we could turn Ukraine into another Afghanistan for Russia. Jesus fuck, dude. <laughs> and, uh, like, I, I hate there have been people. so many talking, so many people talking that way as if the Ukrainian, like, population itself were just, like, just NPCs, just people that don't have lives. Like, there's zero consideration for civilian life or anything like that. It's all playing politics yeah it's fucking disgusting what are these people how can you say that with a straight face <laughs> because she's a lizard person <laughs> <laughs> yeah we would like to have a, a massive civil war there for a long time and really you know use up russian assets this just would because be, it would benefit would, us this would really be good for us oh dude it's so gross oh yeah so fucking gross so needless to say, I've been a little depressed lately. I've been, I have been in a fucking funk that I cannot get out of. Yeah, I don't you're, know what it is. You're tough to get a hold of lately. I know. Even yeah. even more so than normal. You want to hear something funny? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> oh. That does cheer me up. If a we bit. get anything from this Tartakovsky stuff, it's a couple clips that I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some sound effects, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'll get better. It's we got days are getting longer so that'll help but yeah it's just it 60 out this weekend you've gotten into those funks oh i'm in one like, right now you can't figure it out like i just can't get myself out of it so yeah but i'm, I'm at like a five out of ten you've been at like a two yeah it's you know i even started i i've been trying to exercise so Ooh. it's when does that like did you want to hold on come along with me on, on my Adam's lost journey, I want to get back in shape. Maybe have sex again before I'm 48. Come along with fitness me. time. It's a good fitness update. Long. I've been working out. I've been trying. Oh, I've been getting at it. I've been trying. I'm down about six pounds. Hey, yeah, nice. I've been eating a lot of pita chips though. <laughs> My cholesterol is a little high last time, so I've been cutting back on the sugar. Yeah, okay. Been cutting back on the saturated fats. Those pita chips got no saturated fats, but I've probably eaten too many carbs. Yeah. Because those things are loaded with carbs. Well, your liver doesn't know the difference between a carb and sugar. So, like, a Snickers bar that has, I don't know how many carbohydrates But I'm in pretty it. sure carbohydrates aren't going to affect my LDL cholesterol. I don't know. Like, in, in terms of, they like... They can't be as bad... All right, whatever. In terms of being diabetic... Yeah. Like... Sugar and carbs are the same thing. Yeah. Like they pump your blood sugar up exactly the you same way. You want a pita chip? Well, no, and like I'm not I'm not in it for weight loss. I mean, I'd like my face to get a little thinner because I got a fat fucking face at the moment. But it really shows in that picture that everybody laughs at. <laughs>, <laughs> it, you look so much bigger than me because your head is like twice yeah. the size of my head. Yeah, Adam's got a melon on him. 
But no, like, jack-o'-lantern over here. I'd like to lose weight in the face, but like I'm really not in it to lose weight. I just want to be able to like do things without getting winded. So, and also it, it tends to release some endorphins. That it, too. It kind of. So helps. when does that happen? Because it has not been happening for me. Uh, how many times have you worked out lately? I've been doing at least I don't know. I do at least like twenty to thirty push-ups and twenty to thirty sit-ups a day, plus mixing in the dumbbells. Like do you just kind of randomly grab them throughout the day, or what are you doing here? No, like I do the like try thing behind <laughs> try the back. The thing that I showed you. I do the over the shoulder thing. Okay, and then just random curls. I really need to get on like a regimen. Well, I know you don't want to do cardio because it messes with your blood sugar. It makes my blood sugar sink like a stone. I think that, like, I don't know. If you could somehow figure out a way to get your heart going a bit like that, though. Um, see, the thing that you're doing now, it's good. Uh, but that's not like a... Um, I doubt that your heart rate is getting... You know, it's it's elevating, but it's probably not... You know, like, if you're doing weights, you're not exactly getting that heart rate going to a... Uh, like a you know a fat burning stage really oh you haven't seen me when i get to push up number 12 my heart like <laughs> starts beating like nobody well i would business. say this you're definitely getting endorphins released i would say look at this way imagine how miserable you'd be if you hadn't been doing that, <laughs> yeah, that is you can't true. quantify that yeah. like I, you know you can say well it's not doing anything for me but are you sure yeah you sure about that but i did join uh my office has like a fitness room like yeah. a building that my office is in so I joined, I signed up for that, and they have, like, equipment. Okay. So I think I'm going to, once I go to work, uh, try out the rowing machine and the elliptical and some of that stuff. Okay. Now that's going to get your blood sugar going, though. I know. I'm going to have to eat a candy bar beforehand or something. Oh. I got some protein bars that you might like. What's going on with that gel? I know that there's a gel you can take that's loaded with, like, protein and carbohydrates oh, or something s- like that. Oh, those things? I've never tried those. Okay. I've seen those, though. Like, uh, important people use them. Oh, okay. Athletes and influencers and such. <laughs> not people like us. No. Uh, not even when I've been in the best shape of my life, I've ever been like, hey, I need some of that gel to eat. I just want something no. that's going to elevate my blood sugar momentarily so I can... <laughs> run for a little bit without it dropping get to a the nature point. valley bar yeah i've had it before like yeah i'm not diabetic but you know when i've worked out sometimes you just kind of get that uh yeah. you know and you're like oh fuck i gotta eat something yeah yeah i've had that happen it happens to me probably like once every 10 workouts okay. rigorous workouts but i've been going yeah. i've been digging in i'm gonna be in great shape <laughs> it's gonna be really exciting <laughs> um i'm a hair guy now <laughs> oh really yeah, I'm not cutting my hair. Okay. I'm growing it out. Oh, boy. It's looking kind of long, Well, isn't welcome it? to the club. Yeah. I haven't gotten a haircut in quite some time. Giddy up. <laughs> so I'm not cutting my hair or shaving until Kenobi comes out. Okay. That's the plan. So we got a month? I got a, It's like 60 days. Oh, no, May. May. It's in Late May. May. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, close to my birthday. Oh. So, I, I mean, I definitely have... How's it looking? <laughs> Let the great experiment begin. Let the great experiment begin. <laughs> um, but I did shave here. Just like trim yeah, the neck a little neck bit. Beard. Yeah, I didn't want the neck beard. But that's the I usually if when I start to get the neck beard is when I just shave it all off. Yeah. You know? It's like, oh, you've let this go too long. That's so it's starting to get a little itchy. I don't really like it. That's what I do with my beard and hair. Is I never I just grow it out to the point where it like needs to be cut and then I like Pretty much cut it all off yeah. and then start over again. Okay. So I get like two haircuts a year, something like that. Yeah, I figure, you know, it's a, it'll be a fun experiment to yeah. grow the hair out. 
Uh, it's definitely too long. I don't enjoy it this long. Shake some stuff up. I'm usually pretty short haircut. Yeah. Um. So it's getting pretty long. It I is. did. Uh, I'm going all into because I bought a um a hair dryer. <laughs> get it going. Yeah. You're gonna be like Travolta in Saturday oh. Night Fever. Oh, it's good. <laughs> and I bought uh I bought some light texture cream, like the lightest. Ah. So it's gonna be really. It's got a natural wavy look to it. Yeah. Oh, the girl smiled at me at Target yesterday. <laughs> Oh, it's all coming together. And then I realized I was really depressed afterwards <laughs> yep. anyways, and I was like, ah, I have no self-esteem right now, and it was like, I couldn't say anything to her. Any girl that to. smiles at you, just be like, you don't want to waste your time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, she's looking at my tits. You know? <laughs> anyway, welcome to the Clone Cast. Yeah, welcome to the Clone Cast. So what we do here is, believe it or not, this is a Star Wars podcast. Yeah, God, man. You know, we're only doing one a week right now, and we're just coming in downers well we don't get to talk to each other as much well that's because you don't respond to my messages yeah, that's true. you're really annoying this week it's a catch you're pissing me off <laughs> <laughs> and you owed me 80 dollars for I a minute know. there i was like that son of a bitch <laughs> he's, he's running out run. on the 80 dollars um but yeah so this is a clone cast what we do here is uh we're reviewing that goddamn tartakovsky clone war <laughs> show um so we are in the midst of our Weird little era where we're just bridging the gap between finishing the Clone Wars and moving on to Rebels. So uh, we're doing our once a week episodes when we're on this kind of a light, we'll call it a light sabbatical. Yeah. Where we're still releasing one episode a week. So um, you don't forget that we exist. Um, but at the same time, not quite as formal and it's not our standard format. Yeah. But what we normally do is we bullshit for 20 to 40 minutes and then we get right in there. Right on in there. Right into the episode or whatever the fuck we're going to be covering. But uh, today we're covering the entire Tartakovsky Clone Wars, which was a lot more to watch than I ever thought about. Yeah, me too. <laughs> You're kind of like, maybe we need to do like three episodes or something. So we're, um, it's going to be a cosmic gumbo. Yes. It's going to move to the beat of jazz. I wanted to do more of a formal standard Clone Wars episode, but it's like three hours of shit. Yeah. And so we just can't do our standard review. So it's a cosmic gumbo. <laughs> I, I I watch that show way too much. <laughs> I watch the I'm now when I go to bed I either watch I think you should leave. Have you seen that yet? No, not yet. So I know I, I know it's good. It is. And it's they're like sh- quick hitters like 15 minutes. There's two seasons. There's like 12 episodes. But that's when I was a cosmic gummo, that's one of the things. Um and I I either watch something Star Wars when I'm going to bed or I watch that. Like, that's all I've been watching. Yeah. And so, I, God, that fucking clip, though, it's so funny. You, <laughs> Detective Crashmore, you got to see it. It's fucking great. Moves to the beat of jazz. Okay. Um. So, yeah. What, what the fuck were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, the show. 24 minutes. Get right on into that episode. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I mean, the world's depressing, so uh, that tends to skew our uh, bullshit section into a depressing area. <laughs> a little bit. You know, so I, what I thought would cheer me up is before coming over here, I took a little field trip myself. That scene is something else, man. Okay, so where'd you go? I went and visited our friend Steve. Steve at Cedar Cliff. At Cedar Cliff. So how's Cedar, Cedar Cliff, Cliff guy doing Collectibles. Today? Good. He's doing good. Was he was he on one? Was he so counting cards? What was he doing? He wasn't on, like, uh, it's, 
it's hard because one of his lackeys was there and it's the same lackey i i think he's got he either is on some kind of like upper or he has like some kind of severe attention deficit disorder okay because he is just constantly talking Mm -hmm. and i kept wanting to be like hey man i'm talking i'm talking to steve over here (laughs) is it the fidgety guy Yeah, yeah yeah is the guy he's got glasses I think so, yeah. yeah. But you didn't but, you didn't give him a good look. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like even Steve, because whenever I would talk to Steve, like we would be talking, and that guy kept like chiming in, and Steve didn't even break conversation with me. Well, like, he was just probably so excited. He was probably so excited to talk to somebody besides fidgety guy. Yeah, you know, because he's been talking to fidgety guy all day. Yeah. So he's just like, oh, okay, yeah, just burnt out. No, yeah. I don't even. So the guy's sitting behind there and helping him with his cards and stuff. But I don't even know if he works there, because like he, I, did... I have a feeling that um, Steve Cedar Cliff guy probably pulls fast ones on some of these guys and just like, yeah, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a box of cards every week. If you well, at <laughs> some point, Steve went out for a heater because you know go. Steve likes his heaters. Yeah. And then the, the, I was in there with the guy, and he kept, continued talking, kind of like to himself but to me also oh man and then he was like i'm gonna go use the bathroom and then he like went in the back room and like peed and then came out and steve came back in and then the guy just left and like never came back (laughs) so like i don't know maybe that was the end of his shift that could be and he just was covering steve's heater break you just didn't overhear him did he say goodbye i didn't hear him say goodbye weird i assumed he was going out for a heater just like steve but yeah did not return um walking in we should get steve some nicotine patches <laughs> we don't want to lose him <laughs> no i know no he can't lose the guy no i think it's i think steve's at this point where he's like i'm not giving up my heaters it's like my mom yeah yeah okay so what did what was he playing so i walked in uh four dead in ohio was playing oh buffalo springfield a little protest music today. yeah there you go and i only grabbed a couple of the songs <laughs> he's in the anti-war phase right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know he's not feeling it oh either. yeah <laughs> Um, I only grabbed a couple of songs. It was like just plain classic rock. Okay. There was no like, no like weird obscure ones. This is classic Cedar Cliff. Yeah, I mean this is with a standard that you get. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, and then it was uh, uh, Fleetwood Mac. You make love and fun. Okay, which is a good song. Yeah, and then Crocodile Rock started playing. Oh, and then it, that's what got me in with Steve because that. I had a I had a thing that I could talk about, so I said, "Oh yeah, because Elton John's in town." I mentioned, I was like, "You know, he's playing at the XL tonight, huh?" Steve was like, "Oh, really?" And I was like, "Yeah, you gonna go?" He's like, "Fuck no!" It's <laughs> <laughs> like, really? He's like, "Yeah, Elton sh- sounds like shit now." And I was well, like, "Really?" And he was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Well, I've seen him recently. He didn't sound that bad." He was like, "Nah, sounds like fucking shit." That's why he keeps releasing albums with Miley fucking Cyrus. He lets her <laughs> sing all the time. Now, I will say Elton's voice, when you listen to him in his heyday to now, it's very gruff. He did have, he had a severe issue with, like, his vocal cords. Must have been so, because his voice is not the same. It is octaves deeper. Yes. I mean, I wouldn't say he sounds like shit, though, but it's definitely different. When you hear him sing your song in 1970 versus when he sings it now, you know? But there was, during the chorus of Crocodile Rock, instead of uh, (laughs) dancing to the Crocodile Rock, Steve walked past me and he was like, they were singing to the Suicide Kids Bop, yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? I have no fucking idea. (laughs) To the Suicide Kids Bop. 
So that was it just kind of like, eh. I was like, yep, there you, you go. In, and you're just confused. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, hate it when they hit you with stuff that confuses I you. I know. And then I also just kept, stopped keeping track of the music because I was just too too preoccupied with Steve and what he was saying. Yeah. Um, but he did it. He, he started. I forgot how we got on the subject, but he started talking politics. And he does seem like he's on the right side of things, but he does seem like a little bit more centrist when it comes to certain things. Well, I mean, yeah. But he did say he was like, <laughs> he said something to the kid that was working like his lackey. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, I don't give a shit, man. He was like, I, I saw, I saw, he kept saying like, I, saw, I had some Trumpster walk in here. Some fucking Trumpster with his, with his fucking Hitler youth kids came walking in here. <laughs> He was like, they had one of them had a black flag T-shirt on, and then he like looked at me and he was like, "Sorry, sorry if you're a Trumpster." And I was like, "No, you're cool, man." So I was like, "You're good, you're good." And he was like, "Yeah, one of them had a fucking black flag," and I was like, "Oh, like the band?" And he was like, "No, not the band, like the American flag, but all blacked out. That means they'll shoot someone in the fucking face if they find out that they're gay." And I was like, "Oh God!" And then he was like, "Yeah." So as soon as those guys walked in, I just, I just started like talking talking my politics just to anyone randomly and i just didn't keep it down until they fucking left (laughs) so he said that as he started talking like leftist policies until the dad was like come on children we're leaving and he was like yeah get the fuck out of here see the problem is when you start talking leftist policies around people uh, they get scared because they make sense. Yeah, yeah, they tend to make sense. Yeah, um, you know, especially if you're not making three hundred thousand dollars a year. Yes, um, you know these policies that benefit the public tend he to did, make sense. He did say something that made me think he was kind of centrist, but I don't. If you got to talking to him, I don't think he's that centrist. But he was like. He was like, yeah, well, I'm not I'm not some crazy leftist either. But I mean, if I had to pick sides, it's like one side wants to shoot a gay person in the back of the head just for being gay. The other side just wants <laughs> Wait, to. Where is he getting this? <laughs> I don't know. He must have had a very odd interaction. With he was somebody. like the other side wants to uh, treat anybody that puts on a dress the like they're uh, a girl. Yeah, I'm going with the side that wants to treat someone like a girl. <laughs> it's like, All right. All right, Steve. Hey, a guy that age, that's pretty progressive for it a guy. It really is. For a guy in his late 50s. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I take it. I think what he's saying is he cares more about politics than culture. Yes. Um, And, uh, you know, I always scoff at the culture war. I hate the culture war. Yeah. I really do. Like, well, it's the thing. It's it's what divides the working class. Yes. It's, it's what they fucking use so nothing gets done. Yeah. You know, it Republicans, as long as I've been alive, have dangled certain social issues over people's heads. Well, we got it in Texas and Florida right now. I, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and they've even said they they deliver on those horrendous policies because it gets voters out. It gets Republicans and conservatives yes. out and it gets them to vote for them. And that's the most infuriating thing for me is just like seeing people. Time and time again, just vote against their interests. Oh, interests. I know. Like their real material interests. Right, whatever. Well, and it's it's not even a, it's against their own interests, but it's because they, it's, everybody has gone into their camps and it's all fucking team politics now. And it's like, they don't even, they will acknowledge, yeah, their policies are probably going to hurt me, but 
that guy told me to wear a mask and I'm not wearing a fucking mask. And it's like, those are the things that certain people care about. And it makes no fucking sense. Yeah, because that's but just... But they're, they're voting... So... so many people are voting for, like, spite now. I know. And it's just... But the thing is, like, a, a vast majority of American, like, society, as far as political action goes, they're just... Can I get my Applebee's on a Tuesday? And that's all they care about. They want their treats. They just want their treats. They want yeah. their little snacks. And... Well, we've been raised. We've we have been brought up in a culture of no matter what you want, when you want it, you can go and get it as long as you have money. Yes, and people have gotten accustomed to that. Yes. And now when and suddenly there's supply chain issues, or suddenly it's like, oh well, you can't get that now. You have to wait a little bit. People are fucking having meltdowns. Yeah, and the thing is, the things that they satiate the masses with the most are typically like fatty, cheap foods. Oh yeah. Um, and so. It you know it, it it's I'm not saying I'm not sitting here high and mighty like I don't suffer from this too because I absolutely do oh yeah we are all products of this we've yeah. all lived our whole life it's all we know yeah I'm just kind of cognizant of how, like how they <laughs> keep us you know just happy you yeah know, and content and you know we were talking about before we went on air I was just like fuck man like I was talking about my job is like super unfulfilling and it's like yeah I, I don't even have to like it's not that hard. But I'm just depressed about it. I'm like, why can't I just be happy? Because it's not, you know, it, there's nothing really personally enriching in this society. Yeah, yeah. They're, like, the only thing I get enrichment from is material goods. Mm-hmm. That I And the only reason I work is to get those material goods. Like, it, there, But there's nothing that, like, I mean, I guess this podcast is personally enriching for me. Yeah. But I don't get paid for it, you know, no. like... You know, and that, that, that's the society I want. I want a society where everybody is able to explore something that would be personally enriching for them and they can contribute back to society. Yeah. You know, that's what that's what, you know, they tell you a college degree is for. That's what they tell you these things are for. But, you know, the fact is like 95 percent of people are fucking miserable at their jobs and they will be until the day they retire. Yep. And most times now they're just getting older and older and retiring. Fucking retire when you're 75. Yeah. You know, <laughs> And that's just and the you... society we live in. So we can produce labor and... for a bunch of people. Like, all I do is produce labor for people that make way more than I'll ever make. Yeah. And it's horribly depressing. Yeah. So I buy Lego sets. Yeah. And you get a little bit of joy out of that. Man, we are on one right now, dude. <laughs> you see what happens when we're both depressed? Do we want to edit out that Cedar Cliff guy stuff? I don't. At this point, Steve's made his bed. He could lie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get Steve canceled. No, he, like, I know where he's coming from. He is on the right side of things. No, he's I, I just you know, like, old and he has a hard time communicating. Yes. I guarantee you, if, you know, like somebody he was close with, like, told them, told him, like, I identify as a woman, please yeah. call me this. Oh, no. He would be very respectful. He even said later on in the conversation, he was like, he was like, I know a lot of trans people. And they tell me what to call them, and I call them that. I don't give. A, I don't. It's no skin off my teeth. I don't give a shit. I'll call them whatever they want to be called. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he, I think he's probably just uh, frustrated that he's lived, you know, close to sixty years, and he has seen the bullshit that we've seen for you know. Oh yeah. As long as we've been interested, or you know, or at least cognizant <laughs> of what's going on in regards yes. to, like, it's just, it's just one thing after another. Yeah. Like, and it. You know, like, I remember 10 years ago, it was gay marriage. And, like, they just, for the longest time, just 
I will say, like, I am actually surprised by some people in older generations. And by older generations, I mean, like, late, late baby boomers. So baby boomers born in, like, the 60s, which I think Steve is falling into that category. Right around there. Baby boomers that are, like, bordering Gen X. Like, I have been surprised at how they are not good at terminology or like actually thinking about how they're coming across before they open their mouths but i am surprised at how open they are at new ideas compared to older generations of the baby boomers yeah and like my dad's one of them too because him and his fiance took a cruise and it was like an lgbt friendly cruise (laughs) and they ended up like making friends with like some transgender folks and some gay people and like talking to my dad about it the way he talked about it might have raised a lot of questions and made you cringe but like the moral center of it was like he means well he was like i don't give a shit i don't give a shit let people live their lives And that's, you know, in like, yeah, he probably has a hard time, like, navigating how to talk about it. Well, yeah. But he means well. Yes. And I think that should be taken into account. Yeah. And I think that's all that really matters is if somebody means well. And if, if you hear something that offends you, but the person means well and wants to learn, the you know, context matters. Context does matter. And, you know, if you tell them, like, hey, this is why I feel this way or this... A lot of people will be receptive to it. Yes. Um, now, and I've said before, the issues I have is when people uh, double down on their bullshit. Yeah. Like Gina Carano. Yes. I saw a lot of stuff going on with when Whoopi said that stupid shit about, um, I can't even remember what exactly she had said, but she said something about uh, the Holocaust. And it was just, yeah. she's an idiot. You know, it was a stupid thing to say. But, you know what, her, you know, and then everybody's like, Oh, look at the double standards. Whoopi's back on The View, only suspended for two weeks, but Gina Carano got fired by Disney, this and that, because ABC is owned by yeah Disney. It's the same parent company. And it's like, yeah, but Whoopi immediately came out and apologized profusely. Yeah. There's a big... Meanwhile, Gina Carano just doubles down. It's like, oh, I'm not transphobic, this and that. I just think you guys got bad representation from your leaders, this and that, and like... All you're doing is doubling down. You're not listening to the people that were upset with yeah. you. And that's, you know, and so, like, I, you know, I, I can I can, I can, can forgive people if they mean well and they want to learn and they want to grow. But just the fucking pigheadedness of being like, no, fuck you. Yep. You know, free speech fucking shit. Like, yeah, free speech. But there are consequences. There are consequences for free, for free speech. speech. And you think, you know, maybe just to be, you know, a, a genial, nice person, you'd be like, hey, well, I'm sorry that that offended you. Yeah. I, how can I make this better? Yeah. Instead of just being like, fuck you, I'm doubling down. Well, we've, I hate that. We shit, have all man. made mistakes and gotten called on it. And it's very easy to be like, you know what? I can see your point and I'm sorry. Like, yeah. it's very easy to be that way when someone is coming to you and saying, like, what you said affected and hurt me. Like, 
it's very easy to be like, I'm sorry. And you don't necessarily have to like even understand like how they are upset about something. Yes. But acknowledging that you hurt them and make you know, learning from it and not doing it again is yeah. important. And thinking about the way that you are approaching certain yes. topics and, uh, yeah. makes you grow as a person. I've said it a bunch on this podcast, but you can't tell someone how to feel. No. If I threw this at you like I just did. Let's it balance it on my head. Yeah, I, I landed the wrapper <laughs> on your head. But if you thought that was, if you thought that I, you know, if you acted like I just killed somebody by doing that, it, I, you know, most people say that's pretty irrational. Yeah. But the fact is, that's how you feel. And so acknowledging that is the first step to making something yeah. better. You know, it's yeah. just. I like discourse. I hate when people just disconnect from basic humanity like yeah. that. Just fuck you. I'm glad you got fired. Yeah. You fucking suck. Go crawl over the fucking daily wire, you fucking ghoul. <laughs> yeah. Well, the second she decided to get into the same business as Ben Shapiro, it was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, you really have no fucking idea you know what, what you're doing. And do you know that. what? It, the fucking shit behavior is probably rewarded because she's probably making more now than she ever fucking made doing, you know, like yeah. bit cameos on The Mandalorian. Yeah. I, you know, like, I'm sure she's making, you know, there's tons of grifting once you go down that road. Yeah. So, so anyway, good for her. At Cedar Cliff, I ended up buying a... <laughs> They got Tartakovsky action figures, so I got a Mace, I got a Dirge, and I got a Anakin. Yeah. Now, I saw. I went back there when I was there a few weeks ago, and I wanted to get Dirge, but I didn't see him there. Oh, uh, he was buried. He was you, buried? You got to dig. You, you got to test. See, I got the depressed Kenobi. I know. I got him so we can hang him next to him. Oh, we got the whole group here now. Yeah. We got to get the Grievous. We got a stew going. I'm going to... Oh, yeah. Um, I like when you venmo me that $80, you put a stew. <laughs> <laughs> the little, you the little stew emoji. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It was a chicken stew. <laughs> uh, but as I bought the figures, <laughs> Steve was like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, these things. The, uh, yeah, the aesthetic on these. These are great. And then he flipped them over. He was like, oh, yeah. He's like, some of these are great. I, Ventress? I see Ventress in here all the time. And then I was like, all right, thanks, man. And he begged them up for me. And then he was like, all right, thanks for playing. <laughs> Thanks for playing along. And he like <laughs> handed me my bag of action figures as I walked Thanks out. Thanks for playing along. Now they just re-released some 50th anniversary Lucasfilm um mm -hmm. Black Series Clone Wars Tartakovsky's. Have you seen those? No, huh? Oh, you haven't? No. Oh yeah. I mean they they're kind of in that same vein. They're bigger, like um you see here's a grievous one right there. Oh now they're Walmart exclusive. We gotta find these. Yeah, we do. Like these are right up your alley, man. There's a handful of them. But I do want to get the uh, the Grievous one of these. I need to get that for yeah, sure. Yeah, that one looks sweet. That is very cool. Uh, what are those, three and a half inches or the four? I think they're three and a half. Okay, yeah. These are six inches, so they're standard. What are Black Series, six? I think six, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we got to find these, man. These are fucking cool. Oh, these are good. Yeah, and while we're on Collectible Corner. Uh, oh, yeah. You're going to get... Uh, <laughs> You're pulling the trigger on that Star Destroyer pretty soon here, aren't you? Well, we're at 40 minutes, but I, you know, fuck it. Let's hit the, uh, let's, uh, let's take a trip down into the collectible corner. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Now, come on, get to it. I would like to see the baby. Perhaps the archives are incomplete. My grandpa always told me, don't watch your credits. Watch your health. More! More! A fine addition okay. to my collection. All right, collectible corner. Um, 
Yeah, so I mean, you had mentioned you just got these uh, Cartoon Network. Are those Hasbro? Did Hasbro make those? Who produced those? Now, they're from 2004 or five, right? Hasbro. Hasbro. Um, they're lovely. Like, they're a really cool set. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, Collectible Corner. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as you may have uh, heard from previous episodes, I have been grinding away on the Uber. Back at it after the attempted carjacking. <laughs> In the quest for Legos, the tiny bits of capital that I am nibbling at to make myself happy and get by day after day. Um, but yeah, so I've decided on a UCS. So, uh, you know, the, the big debate with me has been, do I get the Falcon UCS, do I get the AT-AT, or do I get the Star Destroyer? I'm going to get the Star Destroyer. I bought, uh, with some of my Uber earnings, I bought bought the smaller falcon which is like a 1300 piece set yep it's got general calrissian all right chewy <laughs> that was great when and, he said that and bolo it, now yeah bulio bulio yeah so Win i actually war. i yeah i wanted that bulio minifig so bad previously I but i did not want to spend a hundred bucks or whatever i did the... not understand your logic with that so i actually ordered the bulio minifig <laughs> like months ago just because it looked cool yeah and now I have Dulios, so I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to have to post both of them. But, yeah, so my plan is I'm going to set up the Star Destroyer, and it's going to be chasing the smaller Falcon. Oh, it's going to be a fun scene. Although, scale-wise, scale that's going to be a, quite. a little tricky. It's going to be a little tricky. Because there's but, a little tiny Tanif, like the Corvette, yeah. Carillion Corvette. Well, I do, have the, um, I do have the Hot Wheels Falcon up there, if you see that. Oh, yeah. Right next to the Mando tin that the Athorian historian set us. Do you yep. see it? That's about right. Do you see it there? It's uh, right above the sand crawler. Yeah, but compared to the Tanif, that's still a little tiny. No, Tanif's only like this big. Yeah, but I'm saying a Falcon's smaller than a Tanif. Okay, I don't have a Falcon that's literally the size of a That's falcon. what I'm saying. I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that would be close. Yeah, yeah. You know, closer. But yeah, I think I'm going to go with that one. Okay. I'm pretty excited about it. I haven't opened a ton of Lego sets. I did build the Grievous Starfighter. Yes. Which is cool. Like, it's got horrible reviews just because it was a bit overpriced for the pieces. I'm uh, just happy the cockpit glass slides. The cockpit glass slides, and you can, you know, you can do the flip. And you can do, um, there's also a really cool storage bin on both sides of the ship for his lightsabers. Yes. Which is like a real, usually when you buy these ships, they have like just little like hooks that you can put under the ship in the undercarriage. For their lightsabers, this one actually has a couple, like, closets. Yeah. It's very cool. Um, so, I mean, it got negative reviews, but... I think the one came out a couple years before that one, and I don't believe it slid. I think it's just a cockpit that, like, popped open. Okay. So... Yeah, my biggest complaint with the UCS gunship is the fact that you literally have to pop off yeah. the fucking cockpit and then put it back on if you want to put somebody yeah, in there. Yeah, UCS so stuff, on. it's very... Uh, it's for it's not a, functional right it's, it's not very for play. observation yeah it's for i'm gonna set this up you know but yeah. i did i i that little clone battle pack came in so i set up clones with general kenobi and the uh, ucs gunship they're having fun in there oh they're having a good time <laughs> oh they're getting by um but yeah so that's my collectible corner update i've been know. going through so i've been going through my basement and You're doing the bins doing bins I did get, so my mom unloaded a couple of bins on me a few months back, and I thought they were just like my my little, little brother, Sam, 
I thought it was all of his old Lego sets because I noticed a lot of like Lord of the Rings stuff in there, Ooh. and I never got into Lego Lord of the Rings. You want to sell that did. stuff? Possibly. Really? Yeah, maybe. Does um, he have full sets? I th- I have to like. Actually... Or was he like a kid that just like shoved everything and there's like a mess? Yeah. So yeah. I would have to build them to make sure all the pieces were there. Yeah. But one of them was like the the orc manufacturing area. Like what? What are the upgraded, the ascended orcs? Urukai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that assembly area. Oh, it was like Sar- uh, Saruman's like Urukai. Yeah. Tow- now that's actually near the Tower of War thing. So like that's they dug out like you know this giant yeah. pit n- right outside of the Tower of War thing, and like they're in the like the uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's got one of those. He's got a few other ones. Um, but I was going through and like I discovered that no actually one of the bins that my mom gave me has all of my old legos in it from when i was little just like loose yeah just dumped pieces in but just today i was going through and i was like they have all of the instruction booklets in there so like i'm looking at like original lego instruction booklets from like the early 90s oh wow yeah so i'm gonna have to go through and build some of that stuff you got any star wars sets in there no huh bummer I know. Well, they didn't start doing Star Wars sets until like ninety nine. Uh, yeah, they got the license licensing in ninety nine. Right around the time of Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if if you're bored, look up the original Millennium Falcon Lego set. Oh yeah, hideous. Yep, crazy. It is nuts because some of those <laughs> some of those older sets sell for like crazy amounts, and other ones, even though they're original like still have not increased in value because they aren't as good as the newer sets it's crazy like looking at like the first slave one it's just like spare like you can tell kind of looks like it yeah but it's just like no not really i got i think i got the first y-wing in that really i got that in like 2007 and still it was like it has not increased in value that much yeah. Compared to some of the later Y-Wings. I don't know. When you look at them like now, though, I mean, the detail is so much better. Now. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy how good these sets look. But going That's why th- I find it funny when we watch that Lego guy and he's complaining about it. It's like, I know. fucker, like, go back and see. These don't even look like, you know. <laughs> going through some of my bins, though, I have found some of my the sets that I have bought over the years and just haven't built. And so, like, I have a UCS Y-Wing that the box is pretty much toast, so I want to build that. Also, I discovered I bought a UCS TIE Fighter, like, a long time ago. Okay. And that box got crushed, so I might as well build that one, too. That's a, that'd be a fun one. Yeah. UCS TIE Fighter, huh? Yeah. How many pieces is that? I don't know. Man. We'll have to look it up. You're sitting on a gold mine. Ooh. So, yeah, I'm trying to document it as much as possible. Yeah, you got to do the bin-by-bin bin segment still. Yep. All right. Oh, man. We got anything else or we want to get into this episode? Let's get into it. Let's do it. Do it. Hello. General Kenobi. Hello, Charles. It means no worries for the rest of your day. All right, here we go. Tartakovsky's Clone Wars. Tartakovsky's Clone Wars. So now let's talk about Gindy. I believe that's how it's said. Tartakovsky, uh, famous for Samurai Jack. Yeah, did um, you ever get into that? Not really. Yeah, me either. No, but I he's w- got a very unique style. 
I was not an anime guy. Like, Samurai, I wouldn't even consider Samurai Jack anime. I, but, like, in any iteration. Oh, okay. Samurai Jack is, like, very influenced by anime, but I would sure. not classify it as No, anime. it's it's like an adult swim cartoon show. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so um, that's what he had been famous for at the time, I believe. He's done some other things since then. He's got a show out right now called Primal. Have you ever seen this? Oh, I didn't realize that was him. Yeah. I've heard of the show. I watched the trailer today, and I laughed my ass off. Okay. And I don't think it's supposed to be funny, but yeah. I saw a caveman spear a woolly, woolly mammoth, and I was just <laughs> like, <laughs> it would it would be death of the week. Yeah, it was yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's got a really unique style. And he's very talented. He is, and George gave him a call and set this up. Kind of so out of the blue. Yeah, this was the original... Um, bridge between attack of the clones and revenge of the sith no longer considered canon but it was at the time yes it was and it was even while the clone wars were going on but once disney bought uh lucasfilm that changed so Um, and i always so being a star wars fan during the prequel releases oh yeah i always thought oh my god like, we're finally going to get the Clone Wars. Yeah. We're going to see the Clone Wars, and we're going to... Uh, there's going to be so many questions that are going to get answered with these movies. And then went and saw The Phantom Menace. Pretty much none of those questions got answered. And I was like, all right, well, cool. We still got two movies, because it's going to be a trilogy. So what's going to take place in the second one? I'm sure we're going to start getting into that. Yeah. And then by the end of the second movie, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. The Clone Wars just started. Like, there is going to be a lot of stuff to yeah. button up in the last movie. There's got to be, like, the birth of Luke and Leia, the entire Clone Wars, Anakin's descent into the dark side. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's going to have to be covered in the next movie. And then the next movie came out, and it was like the Clone Wars ended. It was like, oh, you. Movie, the films, you got the bookends. That's kind of disappointing. You know, you got the start, you got the first battle, you got the last battle, yeah. you got the bookends. But, and then, it, <laughs> I watched a featurette after watching this, and I had you pull a clip. The Clone Wars are a major event in the history of the Star Wars universe. That's interesting, And uh, obviously, because it's a war, there's a lot of action and a lot of adventure and a lot of things going on. But in the films, we yeah. don't really get to deal with that very much. We kind of start the Clone War in one episode, we end it in the next episode, but we never actually see the war. Why the fuck not? Um, and so uh, by doing the animated series, it was a great opportunity to fill in some of the blanks in the middle where you get to deal with the adventures of the war and all the things that went on during the war. Because obviously that's a very fertile ground for exciting storytelling. Yes! So, yes, it yes, is it an is. exciting yeah. ground for storytelling. And now you see why I like the Clone Wars show more than the movie. Yeah! Because you get so much more out of but it. it. Like, And I understand it, the movies are to tell the Skywalker story specifically. It is baffling, though. Yeah. Be- hearing him say that, it's like... It's crazy that it was not like, okay, well, we can tell the Skywalker story while also this is such a fertile ground. Let's tell this story, too. Well, what they would have had to do is start the war earlier in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I don't think it would have been a problem to happen upon Anakin when he's 18. I really don't. 
I mean, I don't It's just Lucas was obsessed with like finding Anakin as a child. Yeah. And many other people were like, no, we can find him when he's like older. And Lucas was like, no, we got to we got to find him when he's a kid for some fucking reason. Like in in again, I, well, want, I mean, I when you're trying to tell I like the prequels. Yeah. I am not someone that shits all over the prequels, but I'm saying you could reconfigure them and tell Anakin Skywalker's story at the same time you're telling the story of the Clone Wars. Sure. It just seems crazy to me that Lucas himself is sure, saying I mean, technically, this is such a fertile ground and we don't really get to see I it. I mean, technically, you could have started with Attack of the Clones as like your first movie. Yeah. And you could have had like a handful of lines, a couple extra scenes thrown in there to really add some context to Anakin the character. But I think what George ultimately really wanted to do with the movies was tell the full story of Anakin Skywalker. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so I think his upbringing on Tatooine and coming up a slave and that sort of thing is kind of uh, critical to the character development and some of the issues that he runs into later on. Um, but it's just obvious to me that the story that George Lucas did... The story that George Lucas did not want to tell is the war story. He no. did not want anything to do with that. He was interested in the human story of Anakin Skywalker, and he just could care less about yeah. kind of the action that was happening around no, it. Clearly, but I mean, I think it did. You know, he, you know, George did have a plan for telling that story in other mediums, and this was one of them. And also the Clone War show. Um, so I mean, it's not like he completely neglected that. Uh, they gave it to us, it just in a completely different form. Yeah. Um, it but, was just a very interesting yeah. quote that I heard from. Oh, yeah. No, it's interesting that, you know, he's like, you had nine hours worth of film and you barely scratched the surface with this massive war, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's his movies. He does it the way he wants. And I, I quite like them a lot. And actually, like... Uh, you know, as they age, the Phantom Menace for me, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I more every time I watch it, I like it a little more. Yep. It's very odd. Um, the prequels have aged well. Uh, Attack of the Clones, still my least favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, but even that has redeeming. Oh no, I'm not saying it's. I, I, I there's enjoyable moments. I, yeah. I just think I love Obi Wan. Least favorite one. Obi Wan playing the detective. Yeah, and then the end with the beginning of the Clone War. That was yeah. pretty cool. Oh no, the ending's great. Yeah. You know, but yeah, anyways, um, but yeah, so this was kind of like our little, uh, this was the bridge. This was our, our gap bridger here, um, the initial salvo of that before we had the Clone Wars animated CGI show. We had Tartakovsky's Clone Wars. Um, it is cool to see, like, it seems like George is testing the waters of what a Clone Wars series could be. Yeah. Like, with Tartakovsky. Yeah. And, like, watching the animation, I loved the animation of this the animation is very unique i wonder why i'm wondering if it it's cheaper to go about it like the 3d rendered route because like i'm wondering why they didn't continue doing this animation style throughout For the, the entire show. series i mean i this is clearly like a tartakovsky this is his patented yes. style yes it is and when you got the clone war series that's more of george bringing in some other people but doing it you know, the Lucasfilm way. Yeah. Um, I don't know why he chose to do it that way, but I mean, there was like a four-year gap between when this finished and when they actually started the Clone Wars show. Yep. Now, there's not a lot of stuff within it that I can place 
that I think would, you know, uh, butt heads with the content that they ultimately gave us, yeah. which with what is now canon. Um, I mean, it's implied that Ventress dies in her fight with Anakin, but eh, eh, eh. you could work around that yeah. pretty easily. You just see her fall. You don't see where she ends up. So, um, I mean, there's, but I, there's a lot of stuff from it, like characters like Ventress that were brought in that became major players in the Clone Wars. Yep. So there's, there's a lot of unique things within this show that carried over, um, and they laid a lot of the groundwork. Um, one thing that I did notice that shakes hands with our Clone Wars show that we love so much is all moons still look the same. <laughs> they all look the same. All these fucking big head guys. Well, and also, like, I think I was two minutes into the first Tartakovsky, like, volume when I was like, oh, okay. So the Clone Wars show took, like, just within the first minute has taken a ton from this. And it was, like, the way that the clones looked and acted, uh, like, all of the Jedi's kind of garb. And then also Luminara and Barris right away was yes. like, oh, these are key players. Let's yep. build them out a little bit more. Yeah. Um. So, like, the first... Now, this is actually broken up into, like, three seasons total. So but when you watch it on Disney+, Plus, they combine seasons one and two, and then that's season one. Yep. And then season two is just what was actually originally season three. When they originally aired, they aired... I forget what the situation was, but it, there was a very specific requirement from Adult Swim where they were like, we want to place these in between commercial breaks. Yeah. Like they wanted something to put in between so they could maximize their profit from airing ads. And so each one of these episodes was 12 minutes long. Season five was 12 minutes long. Or I season thought, three. Season three, excuse me, was 12 minutes I long. I thought all of them. No. I'm, the first season and second season, I believe, were three minutes. They were little micro clips. Oh, okay. So they were three minutes. That's long. why they call it the micro series. Um, yes. Now, a lot of things with Adult Swim, what you would see, like Tim and Eric, for example, is probably my favorite Adult Swim show of all time. They, the runtime was never solid. Like, it was like, it could be a 10-minute episode or it could get up to, like, close to 20. But Tim and Eric, a lot of these shows, Aqua Teen, all these things, yeah. they usually have run times of like 12 to 14 minutes. They're like quick hitters. Yes, they are. Um, so I think what they did with this was is uh, they actually aired them. They, you know, they, they started on one night, but then they just the next day they played the next one. They actually did them like hit quick hitters. It yes. wasn't like we're going to wait a week. They just put them out straight, you know, tomorrow night at whatever time. And I think what they probably did with these little three-minute episodes um, just guessing without knowing for sure was probably in between some of their more popular shows. They put these, yeah, you know, as kind of like a just like a little mark here. We're gonna before the next commercial break or coming out of the commercial break, we're gonna play the latest Clone Wars here. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a unique way to do things. And watching them all spliced together, it does seem like kind of a slog. It is. I don't know if you felt the same way. No, I did. But I did. By the end of one like season, yeah. I was exhausted. There I honest to God, I don't think they're meant like and they were meant to be quick hitters. Yes. They're not meant to be viewed as a long play like, you know, they're just not. It yeah. it, it doesn't translate as well. 
Like if you just sit down and watch a couple episodes and then step away, maybe watch some more when you're just it's a lot more digestible. Yeah. Um, especially season three or what's considered season two on Disney Plus. Um, because those actually were twelve minutes. And that felt just and th- I will say this about season two or three. God. <laughs> why can't Disney just do one I two? Know, I, I know. don't know why they did it this way, but season three, what I will say about it is they're longer. Um, and if you watch it straight through, it is like you're digesting a lot. Um, but I will say at least they kind of the first season, the second season, really not a ton of character development. Mostly focused on like action stuff. Yep. Whereas season three, they tried to develop the characters a little bit. Like when I watched the first seasons one and two, I was just kind of like the Obi-Wan Anakin relationship is doing nothing for me here. Nothing here. It's very just kind of it's like dumbed down Attack of the Clones Obi-Wan Anakin relationship. Like it's just like they're annoyed with each other. Yep. And there's like two lines and like that's all you get. Season three, you start to see like the friendship a bit. Um, they actually start talking about Qui Gon, yes. which is something we don't even get in the fucking prequel movies. Yeah, so I mean, um, there is a definite like difference in tone and everything from seasons one and two to seasons three. Um, I would say season three is probably the strongest one, but I still wouldn't recommend sitting and watching it all the way through. It's only like an hour and twenty minutes for season three, but I, it just doesn't run like a movie. It just yeah. doesn't. It's just it's not meant to be digested that well, way. Well, and it seems like if this were to air the way that Clone Wars episode arcs aired, I feel like it would be a lot more digestible. Like instead of cutting back and forth between like the battle of Coruscant and Anakin going through his like cave trial on yeah. that weird planet, if you were to just like watch one of those arcs as a set and then watch the other one. Yeah. I feel like it would be a lot better. Yeah, I don't really like jumping around because in that sense, um, it's treated like a movie in that sense. And I don't know. I just, for the storytelling of animation, um, especially with like this, you know, with Star Wars property, I much prefer to have like one single story. You know, when we look back at the Clone Wars series, there wasn't a lot of jumping around like that. You know, you'd get your arc, um, and it would focus primarily on that main story. There wasn't like 18 different things going on usually. There were um, one or two arcs or episodes that had something like that. And sometimes they did a very good job of like yeah. piecing them together. But it was because they were doing that with that in mind. Yeah. It wasn't like we're telling two separate stories and later on we're going to splice yeah. them together together and that's the thing and that's another interesting way that disney kind of uploaded these because if you bought the dvds and i had the dvds of these back in the day you would you know it laid them out as each micro episode and so like it's you know it it does something when you just clump it all together as an hour and 20 minutes as opposed to just the quick hitters that they're meant to be it just it becomes i don't I don't know if daunting is the right word, but it just feels like a lot. It just did. Um, And you can kind of see the endpoints in the shows, too, because they're, you know, kind of fade to black or something. You're like, okay, that's where an episode ended. And then we start a new one. So and after like and I hadn't really thought of this. I just thought after we had finished Clone Wars, we're releasing these kind of like pseudo sabbatical episodes. I just thought, yeah, Tartakovsky, like, yeah, we'll do a Tartakovsky. Tartakovsky review, but mm-hmm. 
looking at it after watching all of these, we literally could have done like three episodes. Well, not even three episodes. We could go episode by episode because on IMDb, IMDb, they're broken up into each episode when they aired. Yeah. Like we could go piece by piece. And at some point, maybe after Rebels, maybe after Resistance, we could revisit this and do that. Because I feel like watching them piece by piece, we might get a little bit more out of them than we are now. And, you know, I made the mistake of this particular episode. I was like, all right, I'm going to make this a traditional clone cast where we grab a bunch of clips from it. We do like a scene by scene breakdown of everything that we were seeing there. And I about halfway through season one or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. I was just like. This is not going to work. Yeah. Um, because it's like three hours worth of shit. Well, and especially <laughs> season one. Season one is very action oriented. Yeah. And you can find interviews with Tartakovsky where he's saying season one, they were so short we couldn't tell a story. So we focused on action. Yeah. And then George came back to us and we're like, okay, we want you to do like a full series. Mm hmm. And that's why season three, yeah, is a little bit more fleshed, fleshed out, and is telling more of a yeah. character building story. Yes. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's just it would be tough for us. Like if we wanted to do a standard clone cast episode on these, though, we would have to break it down into smaller parts. Yes. I just functionally wasn't going to work, so we're going to treat it more uh, cosmic gumbo. Um, you know, it's going to move to the beat of jazz. And we're Bonus just going to talk about Bad it. Batch, Book of Boba Fett. That sort of thing. Yeah. We're going to treat it that way. Um, so, I mean, the first where it starts off, though, it's Moonalist. 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 Yeah. I love the look of Moonalist. So do I. Now, we've seen the banking clan, the moons in Scipio, uh, which is where, like, their banking clan headquarters are. Uh, but they also have a planet called Moonalist. I cannot... Moonalins. Moonalins. Yeah. <laughs> I don't fucking care. But it's got, like, the design of it is really great. It is all Greek revival. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, if you took ancient Greek architecture and you just smashed it with, like, a modern city. But that's exactly. fucking great. That is exactly what, <laughs> what architects started doing in, like, I don't know, the 50s, 60s. Like, Washington, D.C., yeah, like well before that is all neoclassical Greek revival. Yeah, like they wanted to show importance, so they incorporated columns, and that yeah. somehow like made it made it more important. But that's exactly the same shit that they did in Wall Street when they started building buildings there. Yeah. So everything in Wall Street is neoclassical, like columns greek yeah. revival type shit and moonalist if they're they're in charge of the banking clan it's an entire planet that's covered in these types of buildings yeah but i just like how they did like the skyscraper ones yes that's really what interesting um it's like an entire city that is wall street yes it's very unique yes um and I don't know. You've seen this. Like, there's banks for a long time that designed their banks to look this way. Too. Yes. There's. We had a branch here called TCF Bank, yeah. and like so many of their branches use that Greek style with the pillars and just. Um, it's interesting. It's Huntington now. Yeah, it's Huntington Bank. <laughs> yeah. You're well aware. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> 
That's an inside joke. That merger got announced, and I put in my notice pretty <laughs> quick. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> I'll be getting's good. But and that's not exclusive to TCF. Like banking as an industry, like their architecture has always kind of been neoclassical. Yeah like greek revival type stuff and they all kind of had that thing so it was so cool to see the entire planet have buildings that followed that kind of it was very cool it's an interesting city though because when you get the far away shot as like the forces are approaching it's just like in it's like an oasis city it's just there in the middle and then there's just like mountain nothingness around it like it's very odd i'm like where's the suburbs like it's like it's just this (laughs) It's just this one giant downtown of these, like, Greek fucking... They, even, like, the statues scream, like, ancient Greece, yep. like, when you get down in it. But, yeah, so it's just this giant plop of, a, like, a downtown, and then there's just nothing else around it. But it's pretty unique. Um, Basically, what's going on there is, I don't know, some imperialism fucking shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it really is, like... The more I watch anything related to the Clone Wars, I'm like, this is just this whole war is just stupid imperialism yep. shit. Like it's just it's just the stupid shit humanity's pulled for the longest yeah. time. Only in space. Yep. You know, and it's just I don't know. I mean so basically a bunch of Republic forces are uh invading uh Moon Illinst, uh where the banking clan is. And so Anakin actually gets an assignment to um lead the uh assault in space. So he's gonna be Flyboy. Um, and that comes from Palpatine's suggestion. And Palpatine, by the way, is hideous in this. <laughs> Good Lord, that man looks gross. Yeah. He's got liver spots all over his face. Not, it? not voiced by Ian Evercrabbie. No, he's well not. Well before he got the part. The only one I really noticed was James Arnold Taylor was Obi-Wan. Yeah. And uh, uh, Mace Windu was Carson. voiced by T.C. Carson. Yes. And I think Yoda... Yoda was Tom Kane in the show. Yes, Tom Kane. Yep. And it was Tom Kane in this too? Yep. Okay. Um, I think T.C. Carson also did Water Buffalo. Oh, really? The Water Buffalo scene is wild. I'll check. Yeah, I, I could have swore that was. Maybe it was Phil Lamar. I don't know. I'm guessing it was T.C. Carson. That's my prediction. I didn't okay. Um, yeah, so Anakin is taking the fucking space zone. He's going to be leading the space battle. Um. Obi-Wan is leading the invasion, but Obi-Wan also has, like, ARC troopers with him. Um, and the ARC troopers, the special forces, they're going in behind enemy lines, and they're going to go take out this, like, tower, communications tower. It is... In- <laughs> I feel like it's a running thing for me to say it is interesting, but it really is interesting to, like, put yourself in this this mindset of this is well before the Clone War series, and all of the stuff that was established in this that carried over... And, like, the yeah. classification of ARC Trooper yeah. like, did not exist before this. Yeah. And how well that got fleshed out yes. in the Clone Wars series. And, and even the design of, like, the captains and commanders, they had the yes! unique gear and stuff like that. And so, like, when you look at, like, just, like, the design of characters, when you look at it, like, it's like Tartakovsky brought so much into the Clone Wars. He really like, like, yeah, set he, up yeah. a lot. I mean, he put his stamp on it for sure. Um, but yeah, so I, Anakin is very whiny. Oh, yeah. That voice, man. It, oh, I forget the guy's name who voices Anakin. It's, he's literally trying to do like a Hayden Christensen 
attack the clones he impersonation. Nails <laughs> the like, like teenage whiny Anakin yes. versus what happens in Revenge of the Sith. And interesting, Anakin doesn't have R two yet. He has R four. I that drove me nuts until I f- they explain it. Yeah, kinda. yeah. Um, but yeah. So the arc troopers go behind enemy lines. They're going to take out shit. We get some really cool scenes of them like traversing through Moonlands as they're in their undercover operation. They're taking out like some sentries and stuff, and they eventually take out the comm tower. I don't know if this is by design, but a lot of this series, especially the first season, is very light on dialogue. And it's like, extremely, and I was just like, there's nothing I can pull from this. The ARC troopers are communicating pretty much solely yes. based on, like, hand signals and stuff. Yeah. Um, which is cool visually. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, and they're supposed to be, they go behind enemy lines while the, you know, the main battle is distracting everybody so they yeah. can take out this comm tower. Um, but yeah, so it's very interesting. Now, there is, like, something that, as Anakin's leaving to go to war... I noticed this, and I started to count them up. I'm going to call them uh, ridiculous cloak throws. <laughs> yes! yes! <laughs> there's like there's like five of them throughout the series. Yeah, yeah. Like this must be one of Tartakovsky's like tropes that he keeps going back to. But like Anakin, as he's about to get in his fighter, and you know Padme's watching Here. him get in his fighter to leave. Yeah, he just throws his Jedi cloak off. Just throws it off. It hits the wind, and it just hits C-3PO in the face. Yep. Um, But it's just extremely over-the-top, extremely dramatic. It reminds me of, like, a pro wrestler. Just, like, really owning the moment. And it's not exclusive to Anakin here, because there's other characters that do it. Yep. Um, Coming up in the next scene, we have it when we go to Mon Calamari. <laughs> Let's talk about Mon Calamari. So, Mon Calamari is, you got the Quarren, who apparently dress like there's something out of fucking Aquaman yeah. in this. That is something that did not carry over with Quarrens. It it took, I don't know, I watched this for two minutes before I was like, oh no, this is a thousand times better than the Mon Cal arc we got oh, in yeah. the Clone Wars. And like, the great thing took, is, it took no time yes. for me to be like, oh, this is a thousand times better. And the great thing is, if you're not feeling it, it's only three minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then you're done. Yeah. And it was a cool, quick hitter. Yeah. Um, so Kit Fisto is leading the forces uh, to assist the Calamari. So the Calamari are trying to side with the Republic, and the Quarren are siding with the Separatists. Um, it seems to... <laughs> it's seems literally to... like, it's literally the Monkel arc, only... Bearable, and that is a tale as old as time. It seems like the Corrin and the Moncals have been fighting yes. forever in every iteration. Yep. So when Kit gets there, though, and there's a, just a ton of cruisers that come into Moncal, and they, you know, they hover over the water, and Kit's going to lead his Aqua Troopers down there. He does the fucking yeah, he does. Yeah, he does the ridiculous cloak throw. He just disrobes, he throws it off, yep, and he dives in. But in the other part that I thought was so I. Th- I think it was one of my light side moments from the Moncal arc is when the Star Destroyers were like hovering over the water and everybody dived. Yeah. These Star Destroyers just land in the water. Yeah. And I thought that was also very cool. They went full boat. It was very cool. Yeah, they're versatile. It's like they're in outer space. They can handle a little bit of water. Yeah. So it was cool to see that they're actually buoyant. I'll get the seaplane. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll get the sea. Ah, we got to watch that movie. Yeah, I'll get the seaplane. Um, seeing Kit's lightsaber underwater was also it was fucking cool. awesome. Like, yeah, and Kit just 
fucking own shit under yeah. there, like just ripping it up. And they fucking and you know the battle seems to be going fine, but the the calamari come in then and join in, and they're riding something called kilkanas. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like giant eels. Yep. Um, but when they come in, they blow the conch. Yep. And I believe I got obsessed with the conch previously. Did I? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but we get a conch blow. Yep. So that's very exciting. Um, but that's it. It's just like a quick hitter. And then, like, the final scene is, like, Kit just throwing uh, this separatist, like, submarine into a fucking trench. But, so, it's not a separatist submarine. It's a, like, separatist artillery gun. It is a gigantic gun okay. on legs. Yeah. That's built underwater, so you don't have to worry about get gravity. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's like, yeah, it's but, like a, it's an arthropod. But it's an arthropod tank. Kit does a force move that we haven't seen before, which he he forms force bubbles. Yeah, like underwater, he forms bubbles that he throws. He and does they, like disintegrate the yeah. legs of this thing. He does like a Goku energy bomb where like he gathers it above. Yeah, he, just, he gets like a giant beach ball and just chucks it. Yeah, it's fun. But to those people that, like, get all bent out of shape about, like, oh, suddenly they can do anything with the Force? It's yeah. It's like, yeah, we've been seeing it for fucking ever. If you read through any of the ancillary material, like, legends, you know, canon novels, there's whatever. There's a ton of Force shit that gets really tons weird. Tons of stuff. Like, the Leia thing, when I watched The Last Jedi, when I was just kind of, like, the movie guy, and that's it, and I never really went any deeper than that in the Star Wars. Leia, when she got blown out of the fucking, um, when, uh... She was on the uh, bridge of that ship. It got yeah. blown out. And everybody got sucked. When Akbar died. Yes. But Leia, like, comes to in space and, like, pulls herself with the Force, and she survives. I was like, what the fuck? And then, like, I'm reading an old Republic novel, and Satel Shan does the same fucking thing. Yeah. And this was years before Last Jedi came out. And so it's like, yeah, like, this stuff has been written down, and they borrow from it, and they, yeah. or they write new stuff. And it's like, yeah. And the thing with Jedi is we kind of learn that they're unique in certain ways as well. Yeah. Um, they have unique abilities, you know, like uh, Quinlan Voss, his his species, he's near human, but his species can touch objects and their connection with the force allows them to see where that object yes. has been, this and that. So there's unique things about Jedis, you know, so it's, yeah, I don't know why people get bent out of shape about well, a fucking and mystical Kit wizards. Kit you know? as a <clears throat> Notlin, I think also like... Being able to generate a bubble that destroys things with the force, like cool. I think it speaks to his species and yeah. his upbringing and He's stuff too. Species. Man, I think that adds to the series. It doesn't hey. take away from it. You know what I say, man? Kit Fisto fought Palpatine in a swimming pool. He would have won. <laughs> he would have won. Yeah, he would have. Um, we get back to Obi Wan's forces. They're at like the city's edge while the Arc Troopers are causing havoc within the city center. Um. I, I did right here. All moons still look the same. Um, and the is, moons are in like their... So as they are invading, like I did note this, like, I, again, I don't know if it's cheaper. I don't know what the reason is. But this feels so much grander. Like the amount of ships that are invading There's the atmosphere. There's so many gunships. It is insane. There are that, so many gunships. It carries over to like multiple battles in the Tartakovsky Clone Wars. Yeah. Like... It is so much bigger than the actual Clone Wars series. Yeah, and I think it's just that this type of animation lends itself to being able to do that. Yes. Because uh, they're just like repeating animations of shit tons of gunships flying into the atmosphere. Yeah. 
Which makes me wonder what they would have done if they could have animated the entire series like yeah. this. That being said, I'm like I like this animation style, but I'm I'm glad that they went with the CGI. Yeah. Well, there's one other moment that I was I was truly blown away. We'll get to it. But okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so all moons look the same, but the head moon, I don't know what their name is. They they start yelling, they're in their like little area here, their hollow table, talking about how like Sand Hill. There you go, Sand Hill. Um Starts yelling at this dirge character who's just kind of, he's like, what are you doing? Why did Dooku descend you? He didn't help. You know, what are you doing? Dirge doesn't talk, just grabs him by the throat. And <laughs> he's just like, all right, I'll go fucking handle this yeah. now. So he heads up, he, like, he, he gets on like a bike. He's got a biker gang of IGs. They're all on swoops. <clears throat> yeah, they're on swoops and they got lances. So it's like they're knights, basically. They're like these just jet black IG droids on swoops that have lancers, lances or whatever the fuck it is. So they're going to go have a good old fashioned like night it melee. Did, it did make me, it added to my depression thinking about this is how warfare is actually carried out, which is like, okay, all of the dumb infantry people, let's let, let them weaken up like the opposition and who yeah. cares who gets killed. They're just dumb infantry. So, like, let's let them, like, weaken up and tire out the opposition, and then we'll send in the actual good forces, quote-unquote, that will be able to, like, decimate them. Yeah. And that's what it seems like they're doing. Yeah. Dirge was just waiting for the uh, battle to soften up a bit, I think. And thinking about <laughs> it, like, those ARC troopers that have been, like, trying to get through these forces are exhausted. Yeah. And now they're hit with, like, the special forces. Of course they're going to get yeah. mowed over. So, yeah, he leads his biker gang out, um, and he heads for the fucking battle. Um, he gets out to the front lines, and we see him do the funniest thing I saw in the entire show. He just literally spears an ATT. <laughs> <laughs> He's just on his little bike and he just spears an ATT. Yeah. Takes out a fucking tank with his lance. Very funny. Um, so we cut away from that and we get what's probably my favorite kind of little thing here. Uh, Dooku arrives on Rat Attack, and I've talked about Rat Attack before. Uh, that is the planet that uh, Ventress was uh, taken to when she was pawned off by the night sisters to the brainiac guy and then a maroon jedi found her um and trained her there so we are on rat attack and uh dooku arrives and we get probably the best line of the series so this is um this is dooku here he's arriving and he's greeted by this i don't know this uh this gladiator businessman guy dignitary yes and it's just so, one, it's really funny because we get a weird alien voice, and I just find that hilarious sometimes. But Dooku's reaction, my God. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> no, you don't say. Indeed. <laughs> Please tell me you have isolated that, and we're yeah. going to be using that indeed all of the time. Yes, that's not going anywhere. I fucking love it. Indeed. So yeah, he goes in there, and there's just this massive gladiator battle. He's in like the fucking sweet watching with fucking uh, that guy, that guy. <laughs> and suddenly he's just like he's just sitting there. You don't even hear anything, and he's just like, "Oh, that's impressive." But I'm not looking for a 
somebody who is a, a spy. I'm looking for somebody in like brute force. But in it's so I I think she killed the guy. That's what I think. It's alluding but, to the fact yeah. that she killed the guy that Dooku was, and with. she was so quiet about it. Yeah, she's like an assassin. Yeah, she's stealth. But like. I remember when I first watched this, I thought she was just like undercover, like in a disguise, yeah, or something. But I think now watching it again, I think she actually—it's implied that she kills this guy, yes, because he does say, "Oh my, um, uh, you know, I forget what he called him, but he's like, oh, he would have been very impressed uh, posthumously with your skills, yes, exactly." He's that he's just dead now. Um, but yeah, so Ventress sneaks in, and he's like, "I, I don't need a spy," and so Ventress is just going to jump out of the suite into the gladiator arena. And it's going to do battle. And this is when we get ridiculous cloak throw number three. <laughs> yeah. Like Ventress lands and she just chucks her fucking cloak off. Um, and she clears out. Like there's some really cool like this monsters is, and shit in there. So this is the first appearance of Ventress canonically yes. or legends wise. Yes. So, yeah. Um, she looks quite a bit different in this. Uh, granted, the animation style is holy, but she's different look it's it's very cool to see what they did with taking this interpretation and like translating it and into turning it. her into this I don't know yeah, you do yeah. What you do. i much prefer the clone wars <laughs> yes um but yeah so she jumps down there clears house very you know and duke was impressed also quite a difference between nina butterfield's Nika Futterman. Nika Futterman. <laughs> Nina Butterfield. <laughs> I'm gonna mess up that name every single time. Just call her the Fjord Rider. <laughs> we heard from the Fjord. No, Rider, that's our favorite uh, yeah. Norwegian listener. Yes, the Fjord the Rider. Fjord I just Rider. wanted to say Fjord Rider. <laughs> yes. Um, no, Nina Butterfield. <clears throat> like yeah. her performance, is much better. So much yeah, nuance. She owns. Yeah, she owns. Ventress is. Um, I'm not going to say she's not a great character in this, but there's just not much to her. Yes. She's just kind of like a... It's very <clears throat> one-dimensional. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she clears house, and Duke is like, oh, very impressive, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I am Sith. And he's like, you're not Sith. And Dooku floats down there. He ends up shocking her. <laughs> this is where I wrote, like, Dooku is still the fanciest of boys. Oh, yeah. He, the way he floats... Yes. It's effortless. Yeah. He and stays also, completely still yes. and just like... Burp. You literally would think he's at, like, the doctor's office getting measured. <laughs> like, all right, stand straight. We're going to get your height because he's just stiff as a board flying down yeah. there. But he also looks completely relaxed at the same time. He's a fancy lad. But she, uh, you know, he challenges her, says she's got a lot of fear. You're not a Sith, blah, blah, blah. She charges him. He just hits her with electricity. She comes to in this, like, um, in this giant balcony area. And she's like, what the fuck's going on here? And Dooku comes in. They have a little bit of a fight. Um, Dooku ends up disarming her, and then Palpatine comes down on one of the weirdest fucking things. He's got like, <laughs> it's the same thing it is as Phantom Menace when his yes! hollow is talking to Newt Gunray. It's like a spider hologram projector. Yeah, it's like it's the walk and talk hologram yes. projector, but it's just like got little spider legs. Yeah, but he comes in and it's like if Aaron Sorkin was yeah. directing a hologram yes. of. <laughs> of Sidious. And somehow as Sidious, like his teeth get even more fucked up. That's so I wrote down, I wrote, does Senator Palpatine wear veneers? Yeah. <laughs> because this projection is ridiculous. He must have like put his teeth in the glass every night or something. Yeah. You know, he must have dentures or, or something. Like or like we've sort of... read, he does his 
quote-unquote mask that he puts on to play the chancellor like is technically it's said it's it's an illusion that he's putting over yeah in front of everybody so that could be what the explanation is yeah it's it's in very, re- but it, it's it, like it's a lot different than what i mean he looks decrepit in person when you see him but like on the hollow here you're like he looks a lot different yeah you know um so yeah, you know he's like, oh yeah, she's great with the lightsaber. She'll make a good, uh, you know, uh, acolyte for us. And he sends her off. He's like, go fight Anakin Skywalker, basically. Um, and so we get to this uh, Kenobi. Um, he ends up taking Dirge head on. Uh, he ch- stabs him right through the chest, pretty easily, and Dirge just laughs it off. And they then do just a, pummels him. They do a joust. Yeah. So it's one one swoop against the other. Yep. And this is the point too, where I realized like that black series that I got. Oh. Oh yeah. That that is taking home the good hood. Yeah. Kenobi looks great. Um. But yeah, so he defeats Dirge, and uh, it's just a, like he stabs Dirge through the chest. Dirge laughs, beats the shit out of him for a bit, but Kenobi eventually just cuts him up into multiple pieces after getting his lightsaber back. Um, God, there's a lot to this. I know, but then it shows like their <laughs> arms. We might have to split this up into two parts. I think we are, like, because um, I'm like I'm trying to get through all of this. Oh man, we might have to split it up. Yeah, you might be getting two episodes. That's fine. But so Kenobi, when he cuts up Dirge, he's cutting off his limbs and they do this weird thing where they hit the ground and like where you would like see mus- muscle tissue, like little wormy things start crawling. Yeah, out it's like it. it's like his tendons are like reconnecting. Or yes. something. Um So, yeah, he thinks he's defeated him. But like you, they show like as Kenobi's walking away from the fight, they show him like reforming slowly. Like, you know, like a Terminator, you know, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. fucking T2 or yeah. whatever, you know. Um, but, um, after that, we get up to the space battle and Anakin's just pulling flyboy shit. Um, he takes out like this fucking, uh, what is this? What are these things that they're like, um, they're like, uh, they giant hangers or something for like all these fighters. Yeah. Inside of the, it's not a, it's not the regular separatist ship, but it's like a docking station. Yeah. Yeah. So he takes one out. It's very reminiscent of he actually like flies into it and takes shit out. It's very reminiscent of what he does in the Phantom Menace with the fucking uh, the droid ship. I think they even show a B one like the same way they do in Phantom Menace, where it like looks yeah just as it's about yeah. To it's a, it's definitely a callback to that. Um, but like right after he does that, the Republic appears to be on the verge of victory in space, and all of a sudden like a rogue fighter shows up and takes out a shit ton of Republic ships. And this is Ventress. And she's in the same ship that she has in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, they like their sails. Yeah, she's got a sailor. Got a little bit of wings to it. Yeah. Ventress could use a hit guy, though. You know? <laughs> yeah. She has the... Uh, <laughs> Dooku has the fully loaded solar sailor, whereas she's got, like, the fucking... She's got the, you know, he's got like the uh, the Genesis Limited, where she's got like the Hyundai Elantra. When you know? the, uh, <laughs> in the previous scene, when Dooku shows up at that arena and we see the Solar Sailor for the first time, I got so excited. <laughs> I was like, yes! But then we don't get to see the we pilot. don't see him. No. You know he's in there, though. I just levers. wanted to see him pull one lever. <laughs> oh, it's good. Um, So Anakin ends up engaging... He's like, I'll I'll fucking deal with her. Um, and that's actually where season one ended. Uh, right as Anakin turns and charges in Adventurous. Oh, okay. You know, it kind of cuts off there. Yep. yep. Um, so that's the end of season one. 
of Tartakovsky's Clone Wars. So that was the little cliffhanger they left with there. Um, so when we come back to the start of season two, though, we get that fight. Uh, so it's Anakin and Ventress in a little uh, in a in a dog fight here. And basically, they end up chasing. He chases her down to the planet surface. So she's she's they're just like flying through Moonalinst, and like he's just blowing shit up, trying to shoot her down. She's just leading him on a wild fucking goose chase here. This is an example too of like I've always wondered why, and I think Battleship Galactica did a better job of showing like fighters in space compared to like Battlestar Galactica. That's what. I said battleship. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, they do an awesome job. But like, but this is like my problem with Star Wars is they always are fighting the the fighters always look like they're fighting within an atmosphere, and like they don't do any like crazy navigational moves that would indicate that they are in space. But this bet, like what Ventress is doing here, like turning on a dime and stuff. Yeah. It really is an indication of like, oh, they're in zero G's. Yeah. Um. But while this is going on down in Moonlands, Obi-Wan's like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, it's Anakin. You know, and he's like, Anakin, what are you doing? Um, and Anakin's like, look, Master, uh, I've sensed the force with this person, this and that. I got to catch them. And Obi-Wan's like, I sense it too, but you're being baited. Like, this is a trap, Anakin. Like, stop. Um, <clears throat> Anakin ignores Obi-Wan. Just like, sorry, Master, you're breaking up. He pulls the fucking Grievous on Dooku. Like when Dooku's yelling at Grievous in the Clone Wars, and it's like, you're breaking (laughs) up. You know? Um, And so Anakin just, she jumps in, they go back out of the atmosphere, she jumps into hyperspace, and he just tails it and follows her. Um, Obi-Wan, back, he's like on the uh, surface of the planet. He tells some of his ARC troopers, hey, hop in a ship and follow him. Um, So they do, yeah. They have the back and forth that would... It's very episode two. Yeah. it's But there's just not much there. No, it's it just, not. It seems so bare. You know, it's just like lines for the sake of lines. It's Obi-Wan being like an an annoyed dad and yeah. Anakin being like a shitty teenager. Yeah. Um. So that's where that leaves off for the time being. So the next planet we get to, which I was very excited to see when I found out what planet it was, it's Dantooine. Yeah. Um. So we have this massive battle between Separatist and Republic forces on Dantooine. Now, I've heard of Dantooine. They've never really shown it except for this. Yes. This is like the only time you see Dantooine. And yeah. it's like a rural farming, you know, it's like an agriculture planet. It looks like, what's the name of the planet that Cut uh, is on? Salukamai. Saluk- it's very reminiscent of Salukamai. I think it's like boring Salukamai, yeah. though. It's like a it's like a plain Jane Salukamai. Yep. Like, there's some exotic critters on Salukamai, not so much here. It's just, like, dust fields. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, a, it's, it's just like, driving through the country. It's like if Nebraska was yes. a planet. Dantooine is just big Nebraska. <laughs> like it's, yeah. a, it's planet Nebraska. Dantooine is yeah. planet Nebraska. Yeah, so there's this ba- massive battle taking place in this giant fucking field, and there's, like, a little kid watching his buckethead hat kid. <laughs> He's got the Gilligan hat. Yeah. He looks like Gilligan from Gilligan. And Island. he's the only character in the show that has black button eyes. <laughs> Every other character has these giant, like, eyes. Suddenly we're in Coraline. Yeah. <laughs> With this one yeah. fucking kid. He's other son. Yeah. He's other son. He's other he's other war viewer. But yeah, it's it's like the fucking upside down weird world. Um but yeah, so 
like uh, Mace is there leading the Republic forces here, and Mace is just beasting all over the place. Like Mace is really cool in this scene. This is some of the best Mace yeah. work we've ever seen. So a lot of action. Mace is clearing out super battle droids left and right, and like I don't know, it appears that the Republic forces are really like owning shit here. But then like. <laughs> A giant vertical sand crawler comes in, <laughs> yeah, and it's got like a massive hydraulic press on the bottom of it. <laughs> it's a very unique weapon here. It's so fucking cool. Yes, it's so, so niche yeah. that I think it is amazing. It's cool. Yeah, so it's being run by B ones, and they just go over the battlefield like they just hover over it. They hit the button, and it just crushes everything underneath it it's a giant piston that yes. like gets forced into the ground like you like you, you know, like if you ever trip across some of those accounts on like tiktok or something where they're just like putting a hydraulic press down on just random things yeah like you just kind of get sucked in and watch it yeah like that for the clones that got crushed i mean they're just they're crushing their own forces too like they're, they're just crushing shit yeah. here but that must have been miserable Oh, yeah. That'd be awful. Well, it's like they take like, (laughs) here's an eight inch tall jelly bear that we like are crushing with a hydraulic press. It's like if they did that, but the press shot down with the force of like an atomic bomb. And you got to you got to feel good about that, at least, because then it was quick. You know, unlike, you know, uh, you know, if you fucking put a clone in it, that'd be rough. Yeah. But it's it it doesn't look pleasant. (laughs) Right. And but when they hit it, it sends out these giant shockwaves. Because and like, it's yeah. so fast, like it does yeah. send out the shockwave like an atomic bomb yeah. where there's fallout. And it like, kicks up like a shit ton of dirt yeah. and just like soil. And so like it creates like a tsunami of dirt. It's fucking crazy looking. Um, but Mace in one of these shockwaves actually loses his lightsaber as he's like dealing with it. And he's like jumping up out of the pit. There's kind of this really grim scene the second time they're about to hit the hydraulic press. Like, a bunch of clones are kind of coming to in the pit that they fell down into. And they look up, and they're like, oh, fuck, it's coming right over us. And they just, like, start just fruitlessly shooting at it. You just There's this faraway shot from, like, near where Buckethead Kid is. And you just see all these blue shots going up at it. And just it's just like, oh, you're all fucked. Um, But Mace ends up... um, after the second one, he gets surrounded by a shit ton of B1s. He doesn't have his, uh, not B1s, super B- battle droids. Yeah, B2s. Yeah, B2s. He gets surrounded by a ton of them, and he doesn't have his lightsaber anymore. And he just goes, like, karate kid beast mode on it. Yeah. And he also, like, tons of force crushes, just throwing shit everywhere. Very cool. Um, And then another shockwave hit. He finds his lightsaber as he's, like, floating through this fallout of it. Mace does do this move where he takes a B2 apart. Like by the screws with the force, like he holds his hand up and the B two just kind of falls apart because of yes. he takes all the screws out, and then Mace takes all the parts of that one and throws it at a bunch yeah. of other B2s. He uses it like a projectile. Yeah, it's very cool. But yeah, he literally disassembles one with the force, like in a very quick manner. It's like one of those guys that can take a gun apart in like ten seconds. Like yeah, it is. It's like that one time we saw Mace be a badass in the Clone War series, Ryloth. Yes. Yeah. It was like that, like times a million. Yeah. I don't know why we didn't get to see that Mace more often. Yeah. He's cool in this. Yeah. Like Mace might be the. He might. Be oh like, yeah. Ooh, he's cool. Um. But yeah. So he grabs his lightsaber and like the third shockwave grabs it. And after the shockwave passes, he just charges in and destroys the vertical sand. He like cuts in. 
goes in there, he cuts up a bunch of B1s, takes the fucking thing out, jumps out, thing explodes in this grand way. And then you see him do like a force jump of this like 800 football fields. <laughs> he literally does like a Hulk jump. And he yeah, lands yeah. right next to other brother Coraline kid. Yep. And he just and the kid like it's like a mean Joe Green moment from like the 1970s commercial. <laughs> the kid's like, "Good game, Joe." You know, he gives like him a Coke. Yeah, I guess with Coke. But instead, the kid hands him a canteen, and he's like, "Oh, thanks." And takes a swig of it and hands it back to him, and it goes right back. Very interesting stuff. He's just drank that kid's last yeah. sip of water. That's cool. Um, so, but it was cool to see Dan Tween. Yeah, it was cool. And Buckethead Kid was a weird fucking kid. Yeah. I don't really like it. I think he's got a name, but I forget what it is. Well, and so on Dantooine, there at one point is a rebel base. So they do form a base there at some point. Yeah. Because that's where Leia tells Tarkin. Yes. Dantooine. They're on Dantooine. And then he blows up Alderaan anyway. Because Dantooine was far too remote, blah, blah, blah. But then. But but, there was a base there at one point. But one of the, like, Imperial guards or assistants tells Tarkin like there was remnants of a rebel base. Yeah, it there. wasn't there anymore. They had abandoned right. it. Right. Um so yeah, that's an interesting scene. And um we're gonna keep traveling the galaxy Now it's interesting too because we get Dan Tween in this we also get Yavin four. Yes we do. Uh which is coming up. Um but before we get to Yavin four we get to Ilum. Um and Ilum, as you may remember from the Clone War series, is where the Kyber Crystal Temple is. Uh, with the younglings, Gungi style. Ilum has made a lot of appearances because yep. Clone War series. It's also in Force Fall- Awakens, Fallen Order, oh, and Force Awakens. Yep, it's in Force Awakens. It's actually Starkiller Base. Yes, it they is. They actually just gut the planet so bad, yeah, that they just turn it into like a fucking Death Star. Basically. The first, the first order learned something that the empire never did where it was like okay instead of transporting all of these kyber crystals off of the planet to create some kind of planet killer why don't we just turn the planet that all the kyber crystals are on into a planet killer yeah and i read the ahsoka book by ek johnson and they mentioned and this is just a couple years you know i mean it's not that long after and the empire is already like just ripped that planet a part of its resources just yeah. like torn it up like so it's not even recognizable anymore like it's just a mess what they've done with it um yeah so we get to ilum though and this is uh luminar and barris and it's barris finishing up her lightsaber which i find interesting because she's like like when we see the younglings in the uh clone wars like they're like five years old <laughs> I don't know, yeah, like six yeah. years old so, like first graders uh barris is like probably 15 16 here um but she's building her saber. She went and got her crystal with her master, Luminar and Dooley. The also the the other part too that I think and part of this is just retconning, but like in Attack of the Clones, you do see Barris and Luminara in that battle. And they both seem to be like the same age. Like Barris and Luminara both seem to be like adult Jedi. But like somehow I think they retconned it into like Luminara being the older master compared to Barris. Sure. They're also green. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of tough to, to age them when you're green. Well, it's just not like really height wise and okay. the actors that played them. Sure. Um, also, Luminara in this, her facial structure is exactly, exactly the same as that 
uh, in SpongeBob, sexy Squidward. The same with Mace. Yeah, yeah, they look like mushroom caps. It's it's sex, <laughs> sexy Squidward. Yes, it's they that get, meme. Yeah, they got a fucking. It's it's like a mushroom tip. Yeah, really, yeah. what it is. Yeah. They got like the mushroom tip face. Um, but yeah, so uh, Barris is finishing up her lightsaber there. Um, but there's separatist forces here apparently for some reason. I don't know, just probably to fuck up the temple, I guess. But they're like chameleon droids, and you see these chameleon like they can blend in with our surroundings. They got cloaking devices. Yeah. And they're laying a ton of charges here in this temple. Um, the temple looks different than it did um, in the Clone Wars. Like, there's, like, this long, winding staircase that leads down, whereas in the Clone Wars, it's, like, this giant atrium area, and then there's, like, the entrance into it. But so a little different look. But um, as they're leaving, she's like, I sent something. And sure enough, like, these fucking chameleon droids show up and there's a big fight blah 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 but eventually the charges go off and they get like buried alive basically which is also interesting when we the first time we met Barris, yep like Barris was buried alive with ahsoka and luminar was just gonna leave him but like there's a very unique moment as like this as after the charges go off as rocks are tumbling down and they're like holding him up with a force like Barris is really struggling with him and just, like, using, like, all of her might to keep these rocks in the air. And then she looks over at her master, who's just, like, in a complete meditative trance. And so she joins in on the meditation. Um, and then it quick cuts to... So it, it's implied that they're buried alive. Um, but it cuts to Yoda, and he just kind of comes to, and he's been meditating on it. Um, Yoda is not on Coruscant, though. He's actually hanging out with Padme in her ship. Um, and so he goes to talk to Padme. He's like, yeah, we got to take a detour. Jedi lives are at stake. They're on the Naboo, like, light ship. Yeah. The, it, it's a Nubian. Yeah. It's yeah. a Nubian. It's a shiny. Um, Dr. Typho was there. Um, yes, he is. And he has a very interesting voice for Dr. Typho. <laughs> yep. He didn't feel Typho-like to me. Uh, but he is protest. Like, Yoda's like, hey, we got to go save these Jedi. I know we're going. We got some fucking diplomatic mission they're on. But he's, like, trying to convince Padme, like, there's a couple of Jedi that we need to go rescue. We need to go to Ilum right now. And uh, Dr. Typho's like, no, absolutely not. Like, blah, blah, blah. So he just used, like, a mind trick on Typho. And Padme is more than welcome. She's just like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, sounds good. Um, they get to Ilum. Yoda is heading out alone. Uh, Padme's like, let me come with you. He's like, no, I have to do this myself. You stay here. Don't worry. Just hang out. Um <laughs> Just be cool. Yeah. We also get a, a ton of 3PO and R2 action here. Yeah, there's a lot of it. Um, Yoda takes out a bunch of the chameleon droids en route to the temple. Um, and then they kind of leave that at that. We get back to Padme, and she's just kind of like sitting there, very reminiscent of Hoth when Luke didn't come back in time. And Padme's just sitting there with like R2, and he's scanning the area for yep. Yoda, and like he doesn't see anything. Typho's like, don't worry about him, lady. He's a Jedi Master. Blah, blah, blah. He'll be fine. Uh, and Typho goes into the ship to check some shit. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah. And then she's just like, well, I'm going to go look for Yoda now. Even though he's like, specifically, you stay here. Yeah. It's very odd. The whole point of this mission is Yoda has something to do. He doesn't want to endanger anyone else. So he's told everybody else, no, you stay behind. I'm going to go handle my shit. Yeah. Um, It's very interesting. And then... It's funny that Typho just, like, goes into the ship and, like, completely loses track of her immediately. Yes. Like, she's just like, well, he's in the ship now. I can do whatever the fuck I want. So she heads out with R2 and 3PO. 
Um, and so they get out there, and of course, like after a little while, they encounter some chameleon droids. They're taking fire. Uh, Padme pulls some tricks to uh, destroy them. Um, she throws off her cloak. Uh, oh, yeah. And uses it as like bait for them to come out and fire. Also, so Padme's do... got some good hood. That uh, is some white cloak. Yeah, like if I was ever going to have sex with a character, a cartoon <laughs> character, <laughs> Padme is the snack of all snacks in this series. Yeah, like they really molecule wise, she didn't make the cut during the normal Clone no. Wars, but animated Tarkovsky Clone oh, Wars. Oh, she's showing. I mean, it's not like she's bad looking in the Clone oh, Wars, yeah, but yeah. she's showing me something here. Yeah. Oh, she is looking saucy. <laughs> um, but yeah, like right after, so there's three chameleon droids that cut him off and they have to pull some shit. Like she puts 3PO at risk. Like, hey, 3PO, go get my... That's the it's first, so weird. The first thing she does is she throws her cloak out and then all of the chameleon droids shoot at it. And then she uses her pistol to, like, take out one or two of them. Yeah, she sees where the shot's coming from, yes. and then she fires. But then R2 lets her know, like, there's still some out there. So she's like, 3PO, go grab my cloak. Yeah. And for some reason, 3PO is, like, completely aware of what is going on here. But, but I, then he's just like, oh, okay. His programming as a protocol droid is kicks like... Kicks in, yeah. Yeah, it's like, no, I must obey everything that so she tells So he, like, happily me. goes to get it. Yeah. Um, and then, like, as he's picking it up, Padme throws, like, a uh, a bomb of some kind. It's because the chameleon droids, like, show themselves, and they're right around 3PO. So, so like, she surrounding him, yeah. She throws a thermal detonator, like, at the feet of C-3PO after Basically. she just put his life in danger. Yeah, and somehow he just gets blown back and lands in the snow, but, like, the chameleon droids yeah. get iced. Yep. So, yeah, um... But it's like right after that that Yoda just walks up with Barris and Luminar and is just like, oh hey, yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, you couldn't wait ten more minutes. Found him, yeah, found him. <laughs> um, okay, so um, yeah, Yoda shows back up and he's like, yeah, hey, hey, here they are, yeah, got him. Everything's good. Yep, We're good to go. Let's get out of here. Uh, you just risked your life for absolutely no reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, now. We just kind of took a little break there after talking about that, and we kind of realized, like, this is already two hours long, and I am not even halfway through my notes. We're going to cut this into two parts. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a good place to leave it, because where we're going to kick off the next episode will be Anakin on Yavin 4 and his fight with Ventress, which yeah. is, um, you know, we didn't get to this ah! yet. And <laughs> you skipped... You skipped over Obi-Wan and Dirge, like, the final showdown, too. Uh, did I? Because that, that happened before all of this stuff, too. Did it? <laughs> where Obi-Wan basically no. does the amazing journey inside of Dirge. Yeah, where was that? It's before the Yoda stuff. Kenobi, Dirge, Regenerate, blah, 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 Space Battle, Mace Beetle, and Dana, Elam. Where's my Dirge notes? I know I had Dirge notes. It's before Elam. Before Mace. Moonil and Shistavin Jedi. Did I just, like, not even write it down? <laughs> Dude, this was a slog. Man. I know. It really was. There was a thing that I saved. I'll play it for you here. This is Obi-Wan after he blows up Dirge. General, are you all right? I'm fine. Seems I've created quite the mess now, haven't I? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's before even Dantooine! It is? Yes! Man, I forgot to write down notes for that. 
Oof. Yeah, I think it's best if we just cut this up in the two. We're just kind of rambling here. Yeah, yeah, we're cutting this up. We're going to have a second part. I don't know. We're going to do the Clone Wars movie soon. I don't know how the releases are going to go, but hey, we're on the sabbatical. We'll just throw them at you when yeah, they come. Yeah, we can reconfigure. We can reconfigure. We can do things a little different. Yes. We'll see. We'll see what next Wednesday brings. Maybe we'll record before then. We'll throw it up before then. I don't fucking know. But I think we're going to end up going four hours if we keep doing this. Yes. So it's time to take a little break. Yep. So... Uh, let's do our little light side here. Always look on the light side of life. All right, light side moment of the episode. So what we've watched so far. Yes. The light side. Technically, this is three seasons of a show. It would be ridiculous to encapsulate (laughs) it into one. For as short as they are, it sure fucking feels like it. Yes. It's nuts, man. They pack a lot in there. Um, I this is absolutely the light side moment. Indeed. <laughs> Do you think he had any idea what that guy was? No, no. absolutely fucking not. <laughs> he just heard him say Count Dooku, and he was like, "I like, I like it's, the cut of your jib." It's like Dooku, <laughs> Dooku landed in Brazil. He, yeah. he or he landed in Bra- Buenos Aires in the bellhop, grabbed his bags, brought them into the lobby, set them down, and said something for a five Mississippi. And yeah. Dooku would have given the exact same. Indeed, I think it's just Dooku, like. He's he's become such a diplomat that he just like knows how to make it seem like he knows what's going on at <laughs> yeah. all times. He's just but it, what indeed indeed. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's so great. Oh uh, yeah. What's your light side? Uh, I thought it was cool when Mace took that droid apart. That like, was cool, like an Erector set, and yeah. then just chucked it at the other one. Yeah, that is very. That cool. one was cool. All right, and the the whole like piston dropping down on the land thing that was a cool effect yeah like you see a lot of the stuff like we talked about like the the design of the clothing and stuff that kind of translates into the clone war series that they you know characters like ventress that they brought over and certain things that like they really took from but then there's also these really oddity things much like the the hydraulic press it's very original yeah it is not something that i've seen like anywhere else yeah and the uh, the the arthropod tank in yeah. Cal- in the Mon Calamari, like there's a lot of unique things that Tartakovsky threw in there. They just didn't necessarily make the cut when it came to the Clone Wars show, but know, they're cool. And they're, oh yeah, it's it's an interesting vibe. If you only knew the power of the dark side. All right, dark side moment of the episode. Um, man. Dark side for me. Yeah, that, 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 I had one and now I'm drawing a blank. Man, I don't know. I'm gonna go with the cloak throws. <laughs> cloak throws? Yeah. It's like I know that, like you know, we just talked about the giant hydraulic press. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. There's stuff that's like over the top and funky and stuff, but like the hyd- like th- the fucking cloak throw that Anakin does. On Coruscant when he's about to leave. It is weird and completely out of place. (laughs) Like, the Ventress one, she's jumping into battle, you know? And so it's kind of like, okay, you're jumping into battle. I can see, like, the dramatics of that. 
But like Anakin, when all he's about to do is just sit in his ship and like fly peacefully it is, away. It is. It's as if Anakin has a Chris Angel esque yes. stint in Las Vegas. Yeah. that's the way he's disrobing. Anakin is getting ready to do street magic. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, Anakin's fucking cloak throw was cloak just throws. a bit too much for me. I'll no, I'll give the Ventress one. Uh, I'll, you know, hers was cool. Because she's about to fight, like, 50 giant beasts. Anakin is literally... The only person watching him is Padme. Yep. And so it's just like a, an 18-year-old, like, oh, I'm going to show off for my girlfriend. He's trying to look cool. It's fucking annoying. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my dark side. What's yours? Uh, I'm going to go with Padme's, like, treating C-3PO's life very willy-nilly. Yeah, nobody cares about He was C-3PO. just about to go and retrieve her cloak, and she almost blew him to bits. That's true. Yeah, it's very sad. Hey. Granted. And if she would have just waited five seconds, Yoda would have just walked up behind him like, yeah, very just true. stabbed him. And granted, C-3PO is a little grating at times. Anthony Daniels. Yes. Voiced him, by the way. Very much. Yeah. Um, but I could, like, I still feel bad for 3PO and how everybody treats him. Yeah. It's understandable. Yeah. Alrighty. Okay. Thank you, Rex. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta get it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. You gotta get it up. Jeez. Mandy, cut it. Mandy, too long. Cut it into two. Mandy, I'm being canceled. Dennis Prager. Help me, Dennis Prager. All right, Dark Horse Hero of the episode. Um, a lot of good candidates here. I'm going to go with Mace Windu. Mace Windu. Oh, I forgot what I wanted to do for Dark Side. The Dead Eyes of Bucket Hat Kid. <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> in a in a galaxy where everybody has giant beautiful eyes. Buckethead Kid just has two black pin. Just yeah. Just it's like just two buttons on his eye, as if he was designed by Neil Gaiman. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, it looks like something that crawled out of a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> um, but yeah, Dark Horse here. I'm getting to the Mace Window for just the scene on Dantooine is electric. It's very cool. <laughs> he really rips. And it there's up. no dialogue whatsoever. It yeah. is only action. Is there even music? I don't think so. No, it's just like strong sound effects. It's very cool. It's a cool vibe. I'm yep. going with that. He's the dark horse. Who do you got? I am going to go with the multiple beasts of burden that we see in part one. We got the eels in the Moncal arc. Yeah, there's flying. also some weird like antelope things that we see randomly. Uh huh. So yeah, just the random like beasts that we see that go unexplained. Sure. Also, okay. the other thing I'm going to factor into that are the weird species that are in the gladiatorial ring that Ventress has to fight against that I don't think actually have names. There's there, one weird gam guard thrown in there. Yeah, and he's like a 12-foot-tall gam guard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also a Aqualush. Um, yeah. There's, yeah, like, you'll see, like, characters that you recognize, like, species that you recognize in there, but there's also, like, the really big one guy that has, like, the... The giant concrete block on a yeah. chain. Like, I don't know what the fuck that guy yeah. is. He's just a giant. It's like Tartakovsky was like, We're, we'll just make some shit up. Yeah. 
Uh, we get some critters in season three that are some interesting yeah. critters. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. Get paid. Okay, all-star of the episode. I'm going to go with R2-D2. Absolutely. Now, I think... Now, now that we're cutting it off early, like I had it all planned out in this one, but I think it was from a scene we've already covered. And it's after uh, she throws the thermal detonator and blows up those fucking chameleon droids. You see, as they're, like, discussing what happened, you see R2 in the background roll over to the <laughs> crater. <laughs> you see him just in the background, just slowly yeah, yeah. rolling. And he plugs into, like, the, the corpse of one of them to get information God, from it. God, he fucking rules! <laughs> He's so cool. Yeah, he projects Dooku, and Yoda's like, Dooku. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When uh, they're like, who would, who would do this attack on the temple? Yeah. Yep. R2's just hitting home runs. I love how, like, Yoda, one of the greatest minds on Coruscant, and Padme, a very accomplished senator, are like, who would do such a thing? And R2's like, I don't know, why don't we fucking find out? And he just plugs into the guy. They didn't even give him the direction to do it. You just see him on his own reconnaissance, just in the background, just rolling yes! over. <laughs> it's like, why are we wasting time talking about this? Let's He's just so find cool. out. Yeah. God, he rocks. All right. So you're R2-2? Oh, absolutely. 100%. I beg your pardon, but what do you mean, naked? My parts are showing. My goodness. Oh. Moshuda indeed. So, who was looking? Tartakovsky hot! Who was looking hot in this Tartakovsky animation? I mean, I gotta give it to Padme. <laughs> I mean, she is a snack. She was on my short list. Oh, her, her snowsuit? Yeah. Oh my god. That was good stuff. Oh, she's hot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That was a good look. Good look for her. Methinks lots of like seven year olds in 2003, their first crush was Cartoon Padme. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could definitely see that. I'm going to give it to Padme just for being absolutely also, ravishing. Nat- Natalie Portman is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Oh, she can get a slow dance. Yeah. Um, Although the guy that played Chancellor Valorum jumped the gun quite a bit. Oh, Terrence <laughs> Malick? <laughs> yeah, I lost a lot of respect no, for him. T- not Terrence Malick. That's a completely different actor. Terrence but, Stamp. There it yeah. is. The different yeah. Terrence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sorry yeah. for the Terrence slander, Mr. <laughs> Malik. He's the director. <laughs> Terrence Stamp Ter- is the Terrence actor. Terrence Confusion. Yeah. Uh, for my goodhood, I'm going with my favorite Black Series character. There you go. General Kenobi. Yeah. Look at how good he General looks. General Kenobi. In that outfit. It's a cool, uh, it's a cool look. Oh, and God bless Tartakovsky for setting us up with the Obi-Wan in the clone armor. Yes! It's a fucking great look. Also, his swoop bike, I didn't realize it until I watched it this round, it has a clone trooper's helmet on the front of it. It's like uh, like when you were a kid and you bought like the motorcycle that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle would ride, and the motorcycle like had Raphael's face yeah. on the front of it. It's exactly the same thing. And Obi-Wan does wear a clone helmet. Uh, yes, he does. In the uh, initial jousting stage. Yeah. But Dirge knocked, knocked off. it off him. Yeah. Um, yeah, Obi-Wan looking very fucking cool. All righty. 
I don't know. I don't know. Thank you, Yoda. Thank you, old Chewbac there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to hear this song. We don't really have taglines anymore. No taglines. We're going to have to figure out what to do with this fucking yeah. segment. What do you think is going to happen next episode? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. Um, yeah. I, there, any any predictions for... Uh, um, <laughs> I don't know. So I'll put I'll pose it this way. So we saw. Is there anyone in this arc or the next that you have seen that you think could possibly appear later on in, in like Rebels in canon, Rebels or something that I Favreau Durge shows up in comics? Which oh, is cool. I think yes. I do think you're right there. Um, I'm trying to think though. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any like obscure characters that we saw this week that kind of just the, the the commander or the the commander for the art troopers. I wonder if he's in something else. I think they purposefully made him like obscure. He has not a name, unique. He has a name, and I had it written oh, he down does. somewhere. Yes, um, I will find it. Oh, it's Fordo, Commander Fordo. Captain Fordo, excuse me. Captain Fordo, like Frodo, they just moved the OVR. Oh! And so it must have been a shout-out to Frodo, because this is right around the time Lord of the Rings movies were coming out, too. You know what? Now that I think of it, Cedar Cliff had that figure, too. Captain Fordo. The red. Oh. Yeah. It's a good look. But I didn't get it, so you're going to have to go and pick that one up. Cheap so yeah, you yeah. can have a chat with Steve. Alrighty then. Um, yeah, I don't know. We don't really have any predictions, though. Yeah. So, cool. All right, Adam, where can the listeners reach us? Great to be back in touch with you guys. Send us an email. We are at clonecastpod at gmail.com. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at clonecastpod. Uh, Send us a message if you want to join the Discord or if you have any questions. We love all of the support that everyone has given us in the Clonecast Nova community. Um, Anything else from you? No. Cool. So we will see you next time for part two of the Tarnikovsky saga. Until then, may the impromptu part two series be with you. Indeed.